This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM content. Morning to you. You can text 0868104106. So one or two of the papers this morning are talking about the good weather to come, but a lot of them are also talking about um, abuse pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of stats out now where the Mirror is looking at uh, shocking findings that show women raped, assaulted with weapons, had their children's lives threatened threatened during COVID-19 lockdown in Ireland. We're starting to see many of the, uh, you know, worrying things that happened during lockdown as a result of COVID and lockdown restrictions. Violent assaults, threats in the home, chilling consequences such as miscarriages, suicide, suicide risk, homelessness, all recorded by the latest report from Women's Aid. I could read paragraphs and paragraphs of this report this morning. Victims were relentlessly humiliated, had intimate images shared online, denied a say in family finances, brutalized and wounded. It's very, very worrying, uh, particularly because uh, you had a couple of um, stories uh, or relationship breakdowns in the courts of late. Uh, but I often wonder about those stats that, uh, you know, we really need to seek to sit up and take notice and um, you know, when you look at figures like 34,000 domestic abuse disclosures made to Women's Aid last year alone uh, and the amount of people that were picking up the phones looking for looking for help. Now, notwithstanding, you know, this stats that I've, the stats I've given you involve women. I am not for a moment suggesting this does not also happen to men because it does. The front page of The Sun today has what they call a twisted sicko. He's actually been jailed now uh, for nine months for sharing explicit photographs of his ex-girlfriend Online. This is very interesting because I don't know if there's been a jail sentence for this kind of carry on before. But he's a Galway-based fellow, 27-year-old Joseph O'Connor, banged up for the revenge porn offence, which saw him, um, you know, sending her pictures onto adult websites. There's a full court report on it, which I might come back to a little later on. But uh, certainly the judge was having none of it. And he got jailed yesterday. And there's also one from the UK where a rejected boyfriend uh, tried to sell his ex-partner's home without her knowledge, firebombed her 40,000 euro Range Rover, sorry, 40,000 pound Range Rover. He's been jailed for more than four years for his carry-on, a stalking campaign against uh, his ex-girlfriend. A relationship, seven-year relationship, just came to an end and he couldn't take it. So there's a couple of interesting ones from both sides of the Irish Sea. Meanwhile, if you're looking at numbers and stats, the Echo this morning, which is 130 years old uh, today, you know, happy birthday, happy anniversary to the Echo. 84,000 people on Cork's waiting list is the front page of the Echo today. I wonder what what the headline was 130 years ago uh, today. We'll chat with uh, uh, good people from the Echo. I think John Dolan is coming on from the Echo a little later on this morning. We have a lot of strikes in the offing. Nurses, particularly A&E nurses. It's got to be the hardest job in nursing. And imagine if nurses are rostered to A&D, they must, go, they must say to themselves, oh no, because it's the hardest job. So they're edging now towards industrial action because of pay and conditions. And the story that we had on air yesterday of a Cork woman 25 hours before she was seen in the A&D is actually picked up by uh, the examiner today. Um, full conversation with her uh, online from yesterday's programme but A&E nurses edging towards industrial action not just that junior doctors are also setting to strike in a row again over pay annual leave and long working hours and I've been talking about that a lot if you've got doctors and nurses and medics working way too long it's affecting their concentration levels and their decision making and they could be making the wrong call or misdiagnosing 
That's all because of long working hours. And at the same time then, who's going into A&E? Well, the Times UK, and if this is anything to go by, are saying that half of the A&D um, injuries that children are presenting in accident and emergency for in the UK are from injuries on trampolines. That's food for thought, isn't it? And then the cost of living dominates many of the papers. And there's a big protest demonstration in Cork on Saturday at 2 o'clock. I'll tell you more about that over the next couple of days. Uh, But it's in the city centre to protest at the cost of living. And I remind you again that Katrina Toomey in Cork Penny Dinners, who was at the press conference announcing this demonstration for Saturday, said that years ago when she started in Penny Dinners, way back in the day, the people coming for help would mainly have a drink problem. Now... That's far from the majority. It's now more likely to be everyday people, everybody, and more and more it's people who are working and people sometimes who have two jobs and can't survive. And some of the reasons are, of course, because of the cost of living. Certainly, if you're going out to work, it's going to cost you anywhere between 750, 750 to €1,000 a year just to put petrol in the car. And at 219 uh, for an, a litre of unleaded, it's, it's not is destined to keep going up. It's not stopped just yet. Maybe that's the reason why uh, Sean Murray and Liz Dunphy and the examiners say this morning the fuel hikes are seeing more motorists driving off without paying. Love to hear from people listening to us in petrol stations as to whether that's true. Just text. I won't give out your private details. I won't even give out the name of the, the petrol station. But is it happening? Text 0868104106. Motorists now filling up and driving up. You won't get away with that because your reg is going to be caught on CCTV on the forecourt. But such is the desperation that the people are going to. And you know what? As if things weren't bad enough, they're going to charge you an extra 20 cent now on your coffee takeaway cups. They say it's to encourage you to bring your own. But of course, it's another way of making money under the guise, of course, of climate change and global warning. And if that wasn't bad enough, it looks as if uh, there could be strikes because of uh, Ryanair crew being unhappy in their jobs. Uh, fed up, apparently, as this put in the mirror. So a lot of industrial action coming at the worst, worst time. Meanwhile, we're going to get a whole load of electric buses on our streets because the NTA has ordered 120 double-decker battery electric buses and they'll be on our roads, and hopefully included in Cork, next year. That's a big order with the right bus company, 120 on order, with a view to upping the order, according to Eamon Ryan. He's gone mad. He thinks he might even go as far as ordering 800 double-decker buses. But there you have it. And Garth Brooks makes all of the papers today. I'll be chatting with him a little later on this morning because there's going to be an extra 2,000 Garth Brooks tickets on sale this Thursday. And I'll tell you more about that. The tickets will go on sale at 8 a.m. Thursday morning. If you haven't managed... You have one final slim chance because there's only 2,000 of them and I caught up with them uh, yesterday and I'll share my chat with Garth Brooks a little later on uh, this morning. But this, I mean, I'd say we could talk all day of things that your kids did or things that you did as a kid that were mortifying for your parents. You know, sometimes you have just kids who are just, I could say the word wild, but maybe that's unfair. They're just free-spirited and it's hard to keep an eye on them, where they are, what they're doing. Um, and there was a couple in B&Q were down around the bathroom and the, you know, the, the toilet fixtures and fittings sales area of B&Q with their small little toddler when the toddler decided to do a poo in a display loo. It's not the child's fault. So the child just saw the loo and thought, OK, it's a good opportunity for me to... <laughs> 
go go take a poo and did so. Um, anyway, it makes all of the red tops today. Apparently, um, is it only a four little lad? I think. I think. I won't go into too much detail, but I do believe that the parents cleaned the loo after he was done. In fairness to them, you're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, the Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork on Red FM. And I think you might call this another kind of poo-related story. Sorry for going on about the PWO stuff at this hour of the morning, but um, apparently Cork beaches are also going to feature, just like Kerry beaches did, did with them um, with the dog bans and the new restrictions on blue flag beaches. Don't you love all of the rules and regulations and things we've been told to do and the laws and the guidelines? I love all of that. I'm being controlled in everything we do. But apparently dog walking or horse trekking banned lads from 11 in the morning to 7pm during the bathing season of summer from the 1st of June to the 15th of September. No exception except for guide dogs and assistance dogs. Uh, and I certainly know that this applies to Oney Hinchabin Beach, but I'd say others as well. I just happened to see this one online with regards to Oney Hinchabin Beach. Is that a good thing or a bad? No dogs on the beaches across the summer from 11am to 7pm. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Not easy out there, guys, and it's getting a heck of a lot wor- worse, I can tell you that. Uh, at this stage now, we have been uh, contacted by three different women who find themselves in very, very disturbing circumstances. One in a tent, uh, one who just recently had to go into emergency shelter, uh, and another... Uh, lady who is living in her car joins me by phone michelle good morning morning one of three women who have expressed uh, who recently have got in touch um outlining to me their homeless experiences and yours is in the car for the last three weeks right Uh, yes and previous to that 19 months without a home so what were you doing for nearly nearly two years was it um couch surfing uh, a lot of couch surfing, yes, um, sleeping in the car on and off. Oh, so, and, so the uh, car as well over the last 19 months? Yes, um, just, just, I suppose, yes, um, kind of February to June, February to the beginning of June, say, of uh, 2021. Um, in the car? But that, yes, but that was a slightly different situation to okay, yeah. my current in-the-car situation. In what way? It's um, still in the car. That's that's your home. It's still in the car, but I, I had the use of, um, you know, just those old-fashioned types of gar- cement garage with a pull-down door. Um, I was able to park in there, and at least it had a toilet and a cold water tap. And I was able to be there at the time because the bungalow that was next to it was completely gutted unusable and it had been a building project that had come to a halt. Okay, so you, 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 you managed to use the garage um, and would drive the car in and pull the cover yes. down on the garage and, and sleep in there? Yes. Every night? So, every night, yes. But So, I suppose what I've been doing for the past three weeks, you're sleeping out in the open. So, I suppose in a way, being in the garage was you know, better because, you know, you weren't seen. You had more sense of security and um, it just felt a bit more, you know, better for your, I suppose, sense of, you know, your dignity and that type of thing. Because you were in a garage? Because you're hidden, because you see, it's, you know, this situation, it's in in of itself, it's a very shameful situation. Yes, I understand, I understand. So being hidden kind of helps with that aspect. Yeah. Um, but just the past three weeks, it's difficult because... Um, 
I've been using a mixture of, say, the back of a church locally here in Cork and the car park. Um, I suppose, so... Um, Does anybody come upon you there? Um, yeah, I've kind of stopped going to the church because, yes, um, somebody did approach me, I'd say, after about 10 mornings. Um, and it was only because, I suppose, that particular morning I had just stayed there beyond... This was like 20 past 8. Usually I would be gone. I would try to leave by 7. And what had started happening was by about 20 past seven, if I hadn't left, there were like two members of the public coming to work at this church, you know, a church in a school. So I suppose then one morning I was just so, I couldn't get it together to drive off because I hadn't slept really. I had kept waking through the night. So yes, um, a school principal approached me actually. Okay. Um, to help you or, or what? She was very kind. She, um, you know, she told me that once the children were settled in the school, she asked me would I come in for a cup of tea, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. So um, I did end up doing that. And, you know, that was just, that kindness meant a lot. That was a lovely thing. It was, yeah. But that was, that was the last time you, you stayed in that car park then, is it? After that, I decided to stop using the back of that church because I thought... I think it maybe it had, it was upsetting for the caretaker who was kind of coming upon me in the morning and another lady who works in the church and I thought it was a bit unfair because you know right I just, they were coming on this and I felt as if perhaps they had with the priest as well would have been aware I'd say so perhaps they had asked the priest approached sure. you at any time no 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 but I can understand why he couldn't you know it's a woman in a car. He he, I, I never saw him really. Maybe once or twice he would have driven his car away or parked there at night. So, Knowing you were there, I'm not sure. Okay, I'd okay, say no, okay. No, no, okay. no. I'd say eventually he knew I was there, but I'd say possibly what might have happened is maybe they had approached a female principal and thinking it might have been better. Okay, okay. if I was still there so, in the morning, that she might approach me, okay. know, which I understand. Okay, so um, for about six months last year, you were in the car but in a garage where you would pull down the uh, flip-up um, door. Yeah, uh, and yeah. that was to, to, to just the beginning of June. Okay, and yeah. after that then, it was a combination of the car, um, the odd job here and there. Were you pet-sitting or house-sitting for a while? Um, just in, yes, like, you, well, somebody, somebody would say, listen, that family are going away for a week, would you be happy to mind their house? Oh, they happen to have a dog, is that okay? Would you be up for feeding them and this and that? So... You do that, and in fairness, some people, when they'd go away for a weekend or, you know, five days or family holiday, they would offer me up their place, you know. But, I mean, at one point, I was driving to Dublin to do that, you know. Um, you'd drive to Dublin just for the three nights or the two nights or whatever it was. Um, and then in the winter of, of 21, I, I did start paying for a really, like it was almost three hours outside of Cork for a really remote um I, I suppose you could say it's a type of thing that people might put on Airbnb, but this one was, wasn't ever rented out. So I just started paying cash, 250 euros a week, to use that on and off when I could accumulate enough money. When you could accumulate. What were you, because what I'm not were you? working. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so you do the, 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 the pet sitting or the house sitting. You must have been, must have come as a relief to you to be inside in somebody else's house with the roof over you and the comforts of home living for a, for a few days. Yeah, or a week, um, or two weeks sometimes. But the thing is, then the just the problem keeps on going because the second you're there and you've taken, you know, you've had two or three nights good sleep, but then the problem is still there. So your head kind of starts thinking, what am I going to do now? You must have been know. overwhelmed with negativity and depression leaving the house again for the car. That's it, and um, 
also as well like it's it's it takes a lot of effort as well to continuously ring your contacts ring people that you know just telling them and asking them to you know do they know of anything and that type of thing that takes a lot out of you as well and you actually become very isolated so at the moment I would be very isolated and not in contact with, with friends and family because it becomes too difficult because you're bringing all of this onto other people you mean you don't want to worry them is it yeah, it comes to the point where you don't want to worry them because a lot of them know that you have no options. Like, what are you going to do? Nothing is going to change. You don't have any options. You know, is this going to continue for you? What's going to happen? And also, you know, a lot of people are struggling with their own difficulties, so it's not something that they can have in their lives all of the time. Oh, I know. I understand you, that. But yeah. you, that, there's a balance, you know, the, you can't. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm so, sure there will know, be people listening to this at the same time would say, though, that... You know, family is there to help in times of need and crisis and you you should reach out to them. Well, I have, in fairness, I have in the past and they've been there to help and support, yeah. but but right now it's not, you know, it's for me it's too difficult even, you know, and it's sometimes it's easier to just not be in contact with people because then you don't have to think about it. So you just keep on going, knowing that there's no option, you know. And so right you are now parking up in, I don't want to know anywhere that you are for your own yeah, privacy. Various so. car parks and for some strange reason when, you know, I mean a year ago I would have preferred to have parked behind churches or near churches and, and avoided the big car parks thinking that they weren't safe but actually for some reason now I find going to these various big large car parks I, I feel safer. And also you're closer to services for in the morning, you know, we... Um, and things like, you know, you can sort out the car first thing in the morning. It's really important to keep keep the car clean and, you know, keep very little in the car and that type of thing. And just be able to access services immediately, you know. So, when you say um, services, are you talking about somewhere you can have a wash or a shower? Yeah, bathrooms. A toilet? Not a shower, no, just toilets. A toilet, somewhere to have a cup of tea or coffee. Because um, things like as well, um, somewhere that's okay to wait for a few hours in case you feel like you're too tired to drive anywhere. Um, because if you haven't slept, um, if you're kind of getting two hours of sleep, is that all? Up two hours. Yeah, some nights, like this week has been bad, but the previous two weeks I was managing to get about four hours of sleep. So I suppose the reason why I'm choosing these particular car parks is because you can stay around there for a few hours. There's a library near one of them, so that type of thing, because um, I don't feel that safe driving in the mornings. Um, you know, because there's a lot of traffic and that kind of thing. So you just want to wait. For you're kind of ta- you're tired and disorientated. You're you tired, know. like yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's kind of what I've been doing at the moment. So for so, you in the morning, then to get a cup of tea or something, uh, to, to use a toilet, you'd have to buy a cup of tea in a restaurant or something. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. That's it. You'd go and get a coffee or a tea, use the toilet, and then sit down with your coffee and tea. It's it's better for me to use those kind of places because I don't want to be sitting in the car. Um, it's better not to sit in the car eating or drinking cups of tea and, and okay. food. Yeah. So your interaction the with the public is is uh, petrol stations, uh, shopping centre miles where you where you walk around a lot and uh, yes. trying to find yes. a public toilet. Yes. Yeah. And car parks um, where you sleep. Car parks, yeah, but the car parks are actually working out okay because I suppose, you know, you start realising that at least there are cameras there, um, although you, you, I do try to find kind of corner spots and um, although the downside is there are trucks and things in the morning starting at about six, but you still nod on and off and for some reason I'm just feeling safer there at the moment. Do you, when, when those trucks and cars are coming, do you try and hide? 
Uh, no, because I'm I'm kind of hidden anyway. Yeah, one, one of the car parks I use is a lot of trees and kind of over there in the corner. But I'm also close enough to a camera because there are other spots where you could be more hidden, but there wouldn't be a camera. Does anybody approach so the car of, while you're while you're trying to sleep? Um, n- no, not at night time. But I have noticed some mornings, even over the bank holiday and the bank holiday Monday. Um, so I, I noticed that one or two kind of driving instructors were coming to where I was parking to pick up their, you know, give their lessons. And you'd see the, the the person coming for the driving lesson, getting out of a car and getting into theirs. And just one morning recently, I just couldn't move. move. I, I actually, for the first time ever, I, I just said I'm go- I was going to sleep in the car. And this was kind of half nine, ten, eleven o'clock. And I just noticed that by the time, I suppose, twelve o'clock came, one of the driving instructors, he was walking over towards my car because I'd say he probably thought, oh my gosh, is that person okay, you know? Because I had seen that he had seen me, you know? What did you do? Nothing. I just started to go off the blanket, um, just kind of whatever. Got myself together, and I turned on the engine, and I just drove off over to way over to the other side of that shopping. You center. didn't wait for him to approach, you know. I didn't know because I just, I just thought instinct just tells you, you know what, just you've overstayed now here. He might have wanted to help you though, Michelle. He might have, but what goes through your head is more. You don't want to form any patterns where somebody might notice, oh, this person's passion is they're sleeping there four nights, five nights a week. You try to change it up just for safety. For safety, so that you don't have a pattern, so that somebody doesn't... How did it get so bad for you? Um, I suppose unemployment, ill health, medical bills would have contributed greatly. And um, I suppose also the only offer of any type of temporary or emergency accommodation that the Irish state is willing to give me is like Cork Simon. Did you try it? Um, I didn't try the shelter. I was in the Simon house for a week Christmas 2020 and it was horrendous. Was that so, why? Why you know, do you say that? And that was because I suppose I, I was told I was going to be in B um, you know in East Cork. So this was Christmas Eve. Um, so Christmas Eve of 2020, you had nowhere to turn to no. and went to Simon on Christmas That's Eve. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Ended up, ended up there, and um, so met the person who owns the house. And um, I was just trying to express, oh, you know, I'm a bit surprised I didn't realise it was this kind of place because once he brought me up to the bedroom, I realised, you know, there. I suppose the youngest man was maybe heading for 60, and uh, I realised immediately that like these men were. Um, in the throes of alcohol addiction, and um, I suppose that man who owns who owns the B and B made it clear to me, no, no, this is it, because I was worried. I was saying, oh, there's no, there's no one working here, or there's no reception desk or anything like that. He yeah. said no, and then it was like take it or leave it. So that was a bedroom in a house with, um, you know, men from about sixty upwards, who had all been uh, living in Simon and the Vincent's Hostel for various amount of years. And uh, there was lots of alcohol being drank there as well, I believe, was there? All of the time. All of the yeah. time. You slept with the bed up against the door. I did. Okay. I did, yeah. I did ring Simon at one point, maybe after four nights. So So were you there um, Christmas Day? I was, but I came out of it. I had invites to go places Christmas Day, so I, I came out, I came away for the day and went back in the evening. And after a period of time, you just went... Back to the car, is it? Um, I was there for a week. And yeah, actually, I was there for the week. I think I was out, on, I think it was a Monday the 30th and New Year's Eve. I was at the back of the Toker Church because it always stays in my head because I saw the fireworks. 
there were loads of like fantastic fireworks for New Year's Eve, you know, somewhere in Toker because I had full view of them. Did that brighten your spirits or something? I don't know if it brightened my spirits, but at least it was something, you know. It must have felt very lonely, though, New Year's Eve, watching people celebrate and fireworks. It was lonely, but I felt safe for the first time in a week. And is that that one of the main emotions for you now, to be safe? Yeah, safety becomes a huge thing, you know. I know. Just huge altogether. And And sometimes... Yeah, Sometimes you just feel... Some nights you feel fine, some nights you you just get, you know... I did ring the Gordy in Toker one night, even when I was down in... um, I went down too early to the Toker church and... They just had, there was somebody around and I thought they were acting really strange so I did end up bringing the Toka Gordy that night but otherwise I haven't contacted the Gordy in a very long time Okay, so a lot of your life is planning checking being prepared forward thinking you know Yes Making yeah, sure you're yeah. safe having the right spot moving from place to place at a time when yeah. petrol was never dearer I mean That's it yeah, yeah. And yeah. what do you do to, to wash your clothes and laundry like um, there's a, a brilliant laundrette on the Model Farm Road across from the tax office inside a little industrial estate. There's a man, Michael, there. He's got a little um, uh, laundrette and dry cleaners, so I go there, wash and dry, you know. So I've been there a long time. I've been there for the whole time, actually, while I've been in this situation, so that's really handy. Nearly two years. But, yeah, but for example, I didn't get him. I was supposed to collect my bag of washing on Friday. I just couldn't get him until yesterday, so even that was... Bit of a nightmare because and, uh, I realised I really needed those clean clothes, yeah, you know? know. Yeah. And wh- what about food? Hot food, nutritious food? Really bad at the moment because, you know, it's really important for me not to eat in the car because I need to keep the car as clean as possible. Um, so you kind of have to just go in places. I mean, grand, sometimes you can eat a sandwich, you know, somewhere outside. But, yeah, you know, really poor quality food, to be honest, because you're just eating on the go all the time. So, so do you, you survive know, on things like sandwiches or fast sandwiches food? Sandwiches, it's it's the easiest to really like the sandwiches. But you must miss um, a proper meal, do you? Vegetables now and things like that, you'd really miss. Yeah. Um, I discussed that with the GP yesterday. You know, I said the diet was really poor. You know, um, and things as well. Like you have to, um, I'm just dehydrated every night because by by about five o'clock you just have to stop eating and drinking. You can't drink water or anything. Because you've no access to a bathroom. Yeah, unless now if the shopping centre is open until nine. So, that can so you're even planning that, the nights that you can have water later, the nights the shopping centre is open till nine. The amount of thought yeah. you have to put in, just putting one foot in front of the other is incredible. Yeah, yeah that's enough. And like, I, I imagine all you have is a welfare payment, is it? I have a welfare payment, yep. Yeah, so but you're, like, you just do you manage to tax and insure the car and do you manage to put um, NCT? I, I do yeah my tax is always a bit late but I, I still I, God yeah um, yeah you have to you know so my tax definitely always goes about a month late but um, I, I, I always I actually always end up driving down to the Model Farm Road and just handing in the form there and asking them can you please send it to the post office for me as an address in the post office Um it's a service on post offer, you know, to give people a fixed address. So uh, it's usually a month late, but you have to tax the car. You have to have insurance. Um, you know, you don't want to be driving around the car without it being taxed under any circumstances. So, yeah, I do that. Um, so in spite of everything you're going through, you still wouldn't break a law like that. But Kevin tells me you need to sell the car now. 
Um, yeah, like I'm really lucky. I, I was gifted that car by a godparent. So I'm lucky in that it's it's relatively new and I've borrowed on the strength of it, you know. So I know a mechanic who he's ready when I'm ready. He'll take it off my hands. I trust him. He'll sell the car for me and I'll get money for it. I'll pay my debts and I can get a really cheap car from him. But, to to you know, live in? Um, no, this really is the plan is if, if, if I was able to get my life back on track. But you're, yeah, well... You need, uh, you, people moment, need to help you to get your life back on track. Have you presented as homeless to City Hall? Are they aware that you're 19 months without a home and sleeping in They are aware, but all that's on offer is Simon. And they know I've been honest with them from the beginning. And so Simon as well. No, I've been honest with Simon. I've met Simon quite a few times. And um, at least Simon don't judge you for not sleeping in there, you know. So that's all that's on offer. All that's on offer. <laughs> Is is um, the Simon Shelter a bed in, inside in Simon Shelter on Anderson's Key? And uh, I, you know, they know that I, I I feel safer in the car, and so so that's why I'm in the car and not in the shelter. Yeah, yeah. People that have been living in cars in the past that I've spoken to, the best of my knowledge, have all been men. Uh, I think I'm open to correction, but I believe you're the first woman that I've spoken to, the, and certainly uh, for that length of time, it's like almost two years now. Yeah, yeah, and at the moment I'm just trying to. If if I was feeling he- in better health, um, I've just you know because I'm moving around the city so much. I mean, nearly every supermarket that I walk into, um, are looking for staff. So at the moment I'm trying to figure out how can I get to a point where I can live in the car and actually try and pick up a retail job. You know, which I, I would have had retail experience from even my student days. So that's where my head is at at the moment, but I can't. Um, I can't get to the point of of getting organised enough or feeling okay enough to pick up a retail job and try and sleep in the car, because at the moment that would be that would be better than the current situation. If I could get a retail job, live in the car, try and find a leisure centre where you can just go and have your shower and somewhere to switch off for a while before or after work, that would. Help. Would you ha- would you house share? Would you house share? Um. It's not ideal, but you know, at the moment, I, I, I need to, I need to, something needs to change because I know I can't keep sleeping in the car. Because if I continue to sleep in the car, you know, it's becoming more difficult to get my head together to get a job. But I need a job to improve my life, so it's just now I'm kind of caught in this kind of cycle, and um, it's really difficult to get out of it. House share, if it worked out, you'd have to be careful, you know, who you house share. Uh, look, I, I'm very conscious of the delicacy yeah. of that. I just see texts coming in now uh, as I'm chatting with you. Uh, this this man says that um, he's more than happy to give you a bedroom in his home. His wife passed away recently and it's just himself in the house. Now, I think that's a very kind offer. But again, I, I don't know the man from Adam. I don't mean to be disrespectful to him. So I know, I you could you yeah. could be that could be a red flag to you. I don't know. He sounds very genuine to us, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people, people house share all of the time, but um, you know, his kids, his kids living up the road from him, and his grandkids call regularly and things like that. He's just chatting with the with the lads here, and somebody else's availability of uh, of a home for a, a fortnight at the back end of June. Like, see, just texts coming in like that from people. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to a woman recently on the air who was in desperate straits with herself and her husband and her small children. She'd bought a camper van for them to move into. And uh, yeah. we're all ready to move into the camper van in Blarney. 
and then lo and behold, um, somebody listening to this program offered them a house at cheap rent. Do you have rent allowance or HAP? Um, I could avail of the HAP, yeah, and the biggest problem with the HAP really are these top-ups that you have to pay, you know? Yes, but it's amazing that you're not complaining or whinging in any way, you're not blaming anybody, you're just saying this is the way it is, you'd like to get a job, but it's difficult maybe holding a job down while sleeping in your car. Um, You're still very proactive in your thinking process, you know? I don't know. Well, even if I am, there's still nothing changing for me. There's still, you know, I've I've, I've kind of gone everywhere trying to access ways to to, to help myself or to, to, you know, I've contacted all the organisations, you know, and that type of thing. But even even at that, nothing changes. No, because it's, you see, you're a single woman on your own. If you had, if you had children with you, that would make a difference, wouldn't it? It would, it would, yeah, and especially in terms of if, if you if you have children, you wouldn't be asked to go into court sign them. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. You may well be prioritised then for somewhere to call your own, or indeed, Edel House would be the, maybe the first place you'd be, you know. Yeah. But yeah. for you, as a single woman on her own, um, that that safety net doesn't apply to you. You you literally it doesn't. No, no, and um, you know, Simon is great for. For, for certain people, but it's just I know for, it's it's not for me. It wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I I know it works for other 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 people, but um, just definitely it wouldn't be suitable for myself. I know that. Yeah. So you don't have hot meals or proper dinners because you're budgeting so much, is it? Um, I I suppose you know it's more kind of sometimes you don't even have the appetite to eat. Um, I know now you can go into places as well, but like and get a dinner, but sometimes you you just can't even face it. You know. Um, so it's just easier to kind of, especially as well when you don't know what time you're eating at, it depends on how the morning has started. So, you know, it, it's kind of more a case of that. And sometimes it's just easier to go into a place and get a sandwich and a cup of tea. You just don't have the will. You just don't have the will. You, you don't just, have the will. Like you don't have the energy yeah. for it. Like You don't yeah. have the, you know, the desire. So how, what will you do and, today? And like, cooking, you know. Yeah. And today, I don't know, that's a huge problem because that's how your day starts. So, I mean, the library can be great if you go to one, you know, there's a few different libraries that I can go to. So so that's great because you can just read, you know, you can read all sorts of things. So you can pass some time in there. But um, it, it's hard because that's the, one of the biggest problems is how will I pass the day? Sometimes your day is organised around if you have some type of appointment, you know, so. So you're very down, though. Um, you do, yeah, at times. Lonely? Um, definitely, yeah. As well, so you just have to kind of write it out. You just have to wait for it to pass. You know? Yeah, because you. Which are is why, as well, you don't always want to be seeing your friends and that because if you're always, you know, if you're kind of in this, you're in this position situation all the time. So sometimes it's hard to be up and to be, you know, in good spirits. Uh, so, so you're amongst us, but avoid people. Avoid pe- yeah, you're amongst us, but you're invisible. Definitely, yeah. Would you go into? Would you go visit Katrina Toomey at Penny Dinners? Katrina's brilliant. Katrina is, you know, Katrina knows me. Katrina's brilliant. I mean, I remember one particular time, February twenty twenty one, and I knew I needed to call somebody, and the person I called was Katrina. You know, for a chat, just to talk to her, have a conversation. You know, so Katrina's brilliant. Katrina is one of the only people really in 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 Cork City working in these type of services that I would. Yeah, 
fully, completely trust, you know. I know, mm-hmm. and, and you're right to say that. She is very trustworthy, yeah. but yeah. even even Katrina Toomey can't find a room for you or a, or a roof no, over you. No, no, and she's helped me as well in the past, you know, um, a few times with different things, so... Um, but no, exactly. And at the moment, I wouldn't be ringing Katrina or going, you know, I'll go in to visit her soon just to say hello, have a cup of tea. But, you know, Katrina's doing what she's doing. And and kind of, you know, I can, rather than trying to get help from Katrina, it's, it's I could, you know, I can just keep on going with what I'm doing, you know. Because as you said, you know, Katrina can't get a room yeah. for me either. Is it important that people hear your story? I think so. I think so because you see, I suppose even for me, I'm starting to think I'm probably the only woman out there in this predicament. But by the same token, I might not be. So I think it is because I think it's important for people to know what's going on. And I think I'd really love for the public to become more aware of even of what's going on with HAP and the rental situation, because I think it's it's just something that maybe if you're not. If you're an adult, whether you have a family or not, but if you're an adult who's, who's not renting, maybe you have your own property. Um, I think people don't really realise just how difficult it is with the whole rental situation. You see... And with cap and with top-ups and with the amount of, of money that you're left in, with in your pocket after you pay the top-ups and pay the council... People, people think that HAP covers your rent. No, no, there's always a top up and sometimes it can be very substantial if the rent, which is yeah. the case now, is very high. The rule of thumb in the past was that people in homeless situations were often judged as having drink problems or drug problems or both or but that, thank, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because that's really, it's just, I find that really frustrating. I continue to read articles in, in all of the newspapers. Um, and, and that's kind of the story that's put out there, especially when it comes to single people, that it's like drink, drink addiction and drug addiction. But it's, it's, it's not always the case. You know, I don't have a drink addiction. I don't have a drug addiction. And, you know, I'm in a similar situation as, as, as people who, are, who, who do have those addictions and yes. have nowhere to live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I, I think possibly just that this, the way the services are set up and, you know, it's literally that that's what's available. So for somebody like me who doesn't have a drink or drug addiction, what's available to me is Cork Simon. And I suppose I'd be similar to say a, a recovering addict who, who maybe has has is clean and then who ends up being told that their only option for a bed for the night is Cork Simon. So you know when you read about um addicts who have who are clean now after coming out of rehab and who are forced to go back into say somewhere like Simon where um I think the policy is like, um, you know, harm reduction, they call it. So so for me, that means that drinking and, and drug taking is accepted in there because yeah, they know what's going to happen. So yeah. then, say, myself or the person who, who's recovering, you know, you're faced with that situation. Yeah, but so I, I would think, you know, is, is it too difficult for services to provide places for women where they are only with other women? Um, well, I know Adele House has never been available no, you would need children me, for that. And I suppose, and, and, and so Adele House take women with children and women without, you know, without children. And um, it's never available. I suppose it's too much demand. Um, it's too much demand, I suppose, so they're always full. Listen, I have a lot of people wanting to help. Um, a lot of calls. We've got Lisa, Susan, Joe, Great. Eddie. Um, it, all, it all involves a room. That's great, yeah. You know, some of them are even outside of Cork. I see somebody here in Listowel, for instance. Is that something you consider? Yeah. Um, yeah, Listowel's very far away. Yeah. I know that might sound strange, but, you know, 
it's only just kind of come back to focusing on being in Cork because of even trying to get employment. But I know what you're saying. People yeah. are ringing, so yeah. that's very that's very kind um, that people are ringing to offer because um, I know my situation is is not going to change. I can't find a rental, you know, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So that is something. That See, I can't I can't encourage you. I just can't encourage you to take a room in someone's house not knowing the people that you're taking the room in the house from, you know, that, that would be uh, reckless of, course, of me. Yeah. However, yeah. if you were to take a room somewhere where you did feel safe and you did feel comfortable, you could turn your life around and you could have somewhere that you could absolutely use as a base. Then you could look for work. That's it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, I, I desperately want to work, you know. And there's work out there at the moment. So, so you know, that would be great because I just, I, I want to work. Somebody says here, no disrespect to Ukrainian people that we are housing, feeding and giving social welfare to, but surely be to God we should be looking after our own citizens first. If we can't, we should question why we import more people to house when we can't look after our own. That's from Frank. Does that ever dwell on your mind? Yeah, like, uh, yes, yes. Like I rang, I rang, yeah, a I rang the Taoiseach's office in Dublin. So Michal Martin's, you know, his office in Dublin. So I rang, you know, and I suppose I asked his, his member of staff there. I just said I was in, in contact with his local office as well, but um, I, I was just asking her beyond, I just said I wanted to ask the Taoiseach. So I said, can you give me an email address where I can actually put my question to him? And does that mean that he'll actually read it? But that's what I want to ask the Taoiseach. I want to ask him, is he happy? With, with that, is he happy that that that's all that's available to me in Cork it is is a referral to Cork Simon? So it does. It is on my mind. I mean, well, tens of thousands then are put up in hotels. Yeah, yeah. That that must make you feel bitter. Um, doesn't Hurt. make me feel bitter. It just Hurt. makes me feel like I can't understand. You know, I, 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 as in, you know, I want to ask the Taoiseach, Does he think that's fair? You know, because he's not asking, he's not asking other women to go into Cork Simon. You know. So, will you be in the city around t- today? Now, is that where will you be? Um, all the outskirts of the city, mainly. You know, yeah. all around the city, especially areas that I know. You know, but I mean, you can mix up your your all of the, you can mix up all the shopping centres: Blackpool, Mahon, Wilton. Shopping centres of your life. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, there's a mixture there, and you know. Are the different days different. are very long. Then are they? The days are very long, yeah, yeah. But you know, just you, you read, you listen to the radio, you try to get a bit of a walk in, because um, exercise, you know, you try to do things like that. Some days you just sit in the car because you just can't do much more. But yeah, the days are long. I'd love to be working. There's work out there. So, so, so what I'll do in the meantime is I'll wait to see how many people get in touch with me with regards to wanting to help. You know. Yeah, that would be great, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm in town later on today at, at lunchtime. If if you're around and you fancy a, a bit of food or a hot dinner, I'd gladly hook up with you. But <laughs> thanks, that's but, kind. But that's not something you need to do or have to do. I'm just saying, if you're around, um, let me just see what kind of response that we get from people, uh, and and I, and I'll also get in touch with me, Hall Martin's office locally as well, just to ask that question yeah. that you've been asking: is yeah. is he happy that in the knowledge great. that that? the likes of your good self for sleeping in a car for 19 months when we can react so quickly to solving the plight of others. Not saying that that's wrong, but 
where there's a will, there's a way. It always doesn't that's seem to be the will and the be. way for ourselves, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. it, you know. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's great, Neil, thank you. Okay, I'll be back to you later, okay? Great, okay, thanks very much. All right, you. Michelle, don't give up hope, all right? I won't, I won't, thanks. Bye for now, cheers. Hey, bye. Text 0868104106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And uh, in other news across the morning, of course, uh, I'll be chatting with uh, Garth Brooks. We'll play a couple of Garth Brooks songs as well. Uh, of course, a couple of uh, extra thousand tickets go on sale on Thursday morning for the uh, Croke Park gig. As well as that, of course, here on Side, we will have Elton John playing Porky Cueve on Friday the 1st of July. It's the Farewell Yellow Brick Road the final tour so you're listening out for an Elton John song again sometime between now and midday with uh, tickets to give away for that gig alright remember the phone number when you hear an Elton John song 0818 104 106 and if that wasn't enough for you today as well I will be giving away one of the biggest hampers I've seen in a long long time I read out the entire list of the contents of the Middleton Farmers Hamper um, and we have it here at the radio station. It's nicely chilled and it's kept safe. It's full of bread and cheese and all sorts of gorgeous things that you'd be buying anyway down at the middle from Farmer's Market. So that's between now and midday. We'll have a bit of fun with that later on because uh, there was a, an interesting post went up online there over the weekend where a mammy was wondering, what's the deal with regards to uh, kids who get summer jobs, jobs, should they be giving up some money at home? Let's say, as an example, you were pulling a 100 a week for a summer job. Should you be giving mammy and daddy 25 euro, 30, um, or none at all, as some might suggest, that you shouldn't take anything? But then again, if you had, because I remember with summer jobs when I was a kid that I did always give up a portion of it. Uh, and, it, you know, it's good. And I remember, if, yeah, I remember I'd give up some of it. And then my mother would take more and opened up uh, a little. Do you remember, anybody remember way back in the day, the Cork and Limerick Savings Bank, kids could open an account there and they gave you this little, it's like a little conjunes box, conjunes box. It was made out of metal, it had teeth in the top of it. It looked like a metal book. You put all your coins and money into it. And it gave me a great sense of saving, you know, the ability to save and budget and plan for things ahead and save up money. So if you gave it, left a teenager with a summer job, keep all of the money, surely they'd just blow it. So anyway, your thoughts, should they be divvying up some? Did you? Incidentally, what kind of a summer job did you have way back in the day? Get texting on all of those and uh, the best call or text will win our Middleton Farmer's Market hamper full of goodies. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Okay, just some time out. I will come back to Michelle's situation this side of midday. And if you think you can help in any way, shape or form, text 0868104106. I will continue to share stories like this so people who find themselves in circumstances that are, well, let me just put it like this far from ideal. Many might say, well, for many people, it's far from ideal, the life and times we're living in now. But if we're lucky enough to have a roof over our head or a job or family or food or a place to wash your clothes or wash yourself or have a hot meal, yeah, many people might be stretched. But if you have all of those and you tick all of those boxes, then you're a hell of an awful lot better off than some people in in our city who are living with us, but are invisible to us. And I will continue to share those stories because people need to know uh, that, um, you know, uh, it's a case of, well, 
can walk in other people's shoes and see how hard it can be. So more on that, certainly if you can help, do get in touch. Text 0868-104-106. Meanwhile, um, from yesterday's programme, very interesting question being asked here by text. With all of the price rises and increases that we hear, could somebody please tell me who sanctions the prices, the price rises, or can garages and shops charge what they like? Well, I suppose... The rule of thumb there is yes, it's it's capitalism. You know, it's the commercial sector. They can charge what they want. Um, they there may be a watchdog watchdog looking at things like fuel prices and stuff like that. But usually the horse is bolted by the time they get around to doing anything about it. And um, and then the amount of people that are being ripped off online by various sites and an area that you need to be very wary of. And we found this in yesterday's program was um, uh, Facebook Marketplace. Be very careful with that. You heard the horror stories yesterday. And so some texts from that from yesterday. Um, A good rule of thumb for shopping online. If the site doesn't accept PayPal payments, don't buy from them unless it's Amazon says Paddy. Yeah, I would be just be very wary of somebody buying something from a photograph on Facebook Marketplace, then paying cash at your front door, particularly when the van is trying to get away from you as fast as possible. Suggest to your callers to get onto their bank and get a charge back on the cost of, say, a couch. I had a similar situation with clothes order and I was able to get the money back through the bank. Well, you never will when it's cash. There ain't no chargebacks for cash. That's for credit cards and debit cards. Uh, pass on the numbers to the guards. Yes, and that could happen and guards are aware of them, but they change the phone numbers and they change their uh, details up on Facebook Messenger all of the time. Just to let the lady know, St. Vincent de Paul has a furniture shop. I got two recliners and a leather couch for €120. Euro, and they were like new. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, check out the charity shop, the real ones. I purchased a house in October and I wanted a new kitchen counters, which I couldn't afford. I went online for options and I saw one particular page on Instagram. There were no reviews online, but I trusted this guy. I got my counters done, paid in cash. The job wasn't great. Contacted the company who said they would come out and fix the issues after I sent in the pics. I was put on the long finger a few times and then I was told that he will get to me. He'll get to me. I texted, called, left voicemails and then they blocked me from WhatsApp. And that has really irritated me. Certainly has. You said you got it all done, paid cash. The job wasn't great. I wonder how bad was the job. You got to be wary as well of paying cash to a geezer who comes to do the work. No invoices. You don't have much comeback. I put a review online and another two people put theirs up on Facebook with the same issue. Promised to call. Just ignored. You'll be able to see pictures of the counters online as a, and I left the review. Counters are now discolored as I have to save money to get an alternative. There are lots of gangsters out there. That's somebody who got work done in their kitchen. With regards to Facebook scammers, uh, could Facebook themselves not be contacted over it? They have European headquarters in Dublin, for God's sake. Surely if enough people contacted them, they could implement some verification process so that only legitimate sellers can sell. And then from the disturbing news yesterday, disappointing news of litter spots in Cork, I was listening to, they say that the north side, I live in Blackpool, came in at 36 out of 37 out of 40 for littering. Uh, Almost the worst. I go to Glanmire four days a week and the amount of cleaners, gardeners, rubbish collection being done on a daily basis is phenomenal. In Blackpool, you know, we don't even have a public rubbish bin. If you walk from daybreak in Blackpool to the Opera House, there isn't one bin to either put a doggy poop bag or a coffee cup. You go to Ryan's Super Value in Glanmire by the roundabout, by the school, and there are six bins equally supplied with disposable rubbish bags. 
would absolutely love to set up a litter clean-up for Blackpool. Ask your listeners if anybody be interested. Thank you for that. And loads then on A&E's. South Dock is no good. You ring them, explain what's going on, and then you get charged for going to them to tell them that you need to go to the A&D. It happened to me. I ended up waiting in the A&D in Limerick for 14 hours. So all South Dock are good for is taking your money and sending you to A&E. I'm with Elmwood. I got a text last week saying that you must wait two weeks to see a doctor now. And three doctors are on maternity leave at the moment. So they have big staff shortage issues. Yeah, it's difficult for them. With all these hospital issues, why aren't there any protests on our streets? You can't heap enough praise, Neil, and the staff at CUH. My father received end-of-life care in February last year. They were brilliant with us. And the time given to him. Credit where it's due. Yeah, and I want to hear the positive stories. I had a similar experience six weeks ago, and I can agree with everything your caller said on air. I was admitted by South Dock via ambulance, which took four hours to come and held me in the back for an additional four hours in the car park at CUH because of overcrowding. I had to discharge myself from CUH after 15 hours of sitting on a hard chair with abdomen pain, and I still hadn't even received a scan. I was admitted to the matter private via A&D, and within just one hour, I was diagnosed and had a private room. God bless the VHI, says Brendan. Lucky enough to have it, says you. My daughter's on a wait list for surgery for some time now. Her condition has deteriorated so much over the last few months. However, the complaints about soldiers being brought for treatment from a war-torn country, where kids are pulled from their warm beds to go to air raid shelters in the middle of the night, are sickening. What kind of people have we become? The Irish first is vile. How many countries took the Irish in when we were needed? I was in England for a while. I swear to God, I despair t- sometimes, says Therese. Well, I'm not quite sure when you were in England. When you were, in, were you in England when it was the time of uh, no, no Irish blacks or dogs? Or was it a little later when they were kinder? Um, but I understand what you're saying. People were complaining yesterday that we're bringing Ukrainian soldiers for treatment in Irish hospitals and Irish people can't get into them. I understand that. I must give great praise and thanks to the doctors and nurses in CUH. My sister went in on the 20th of May and died on the 24th. I'm still in awe at the treatment she got in spite of her death. It was unbelievable. God bless them all. And one or two more overworked medical staff and waiting lists. So why is the CUH taking in wounded soldiers from Ukraine? It's about time Martin and Varadkar started working for the Irish people. And finally then, why is it easier to get treatment for a dog or a cat? Why are there plenty of vets charging full whack? Well, vets are paid full whack be it by the client or pet insurance. Comparing veterinary practice waiting times against state-run hospitals is ridiculous. Also, you can be guaranteed that a lot of pet owners don't bother bringing their pets to the vet because it actually costs money. If they were run the same with pet medical cards, you can be sure there'd be long waiting times in vets as well. And that's only those who actually bother to care for their pets in the first place. Okay, so you're saying the reason that vets... And the vet system works so well, it's because only those that pay go. There's no medical cards like there is for the public health system for human beings. Thank you for that. Text 0868104106. We'll go back to our phone lines. Tom, good morning. Morning. Um, You were just walking through the city there this morning? Just 10 minutes ago, less than 10 minutes ago. Okay, and you're thinking that it's the likes of Michal Martin should be walking through the city this morning. Go ahead. No, 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 excuse me, no, Neil. 
I saw Mihal walking through the city quite recently. Right. I saw his, so he's his, his, so he's not blind to what's going on, is it? Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. they haven't have the clue. They haven't the clue. They don't see left and right. They're going to designate the area. They're going to do something that they have to do to look good. Same thing as getting your face on the, on the television with the yeah. match the other day. You have to do these things. Yeah, you right? see, if a politician is going don't, anywhere, don't, a minister, don't, don't. you've got people going ahead of them making sure that everything is rosy and clean. I mean, all politicians oh, yeah. know the smell of yeah. fresh paint and uh, and disinfectant. Anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah. They don't know the... They, they, they don't see the styrofoam cups in front of people. They don't see the large queues outside St. Vincent de Paul outside the penny. They don't, they don't see that. Right? There's no political will in this country to end what's going on in this country. Right? We're a stupid nation. Oh, we are stupid, are we? One. Why are we stupid? Oh, you regard us all? No, no, we're unintelligent. We are, we are, we're unintelligent to the point where it's, a, it's exasperating. We have no will ourselves to make these people work. We just don't do anything about it. Mary Coughlin, the singer-musician. Hang on a second. Mary Coughlin, mm-hmm. the singing-musician that I have great time and respect for, wrote an article at the weekend said the only thing that will fix the problems in Ireland is a full-scale revolution. Well, I'd have to agree with that, but that will is not there either. And listen, I was very much a part of the anti-water campaign. And... I remember many days leaving, wherever we were leaving, probably by the city library or Conley Hall, to go on our march. A couple of hundred of us walking through the city, being snared up by people that were shopping, our own people, who we were all fighting for. Okay? What would they say? What would they say to the anti-water protesters? Yeah. You see, you, you, you see the gestures, you see the snails, you see the shrouds through other shrouds, you see the people whispering to each other as you're passing. Right? Did they, they not realise that every time they turned the tap on, the meter was running and they'd be paying more for it? You see, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Nobody believed that. The, nobody believed that you can actually change anything in this country if the politicians decree it. It has to be, and you can change Water it. protesters all changed these, it. Yeah. All these people, all these people that I'm talking about, when push came to shove and it looked like the anti-water charges group were winning the battle, they all joined in. Because our, our matters went from hundreds to thousands. Right? I remember going down in November when the queue was going down to South Mile on to Palmer Place and on to Patrick Street. And you couldn't see the end, not a stuff to the queue, there were so many people there. But that was when everything was coming to a But there is a protest then, on Saturday at two o'clock. Will it make a difference? Course, yeah. yeah. Will it make a difference? Will it, well, if it doesn't make a difference, if it doesn't make a difference, you have to go out and do it. You have to go out and do it. That is, that, that is what Irish people are always done. They always do look for their rights. Mm. And they used to do that. They don't do it anymore. So would you be encouraging but, people? But, uh, clearly, you will be there, I'd say, will you? Uh, of course I'll be there, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Just second nature to you. Yeah. Of course you will, yeah. Uh, well, no, well, it, like, Saturday's the day that I normally go fishing at the same day off. But I go fishing on Friday instead. Yeah. And I've been on there on Saturday, so I do. I change my, change my schedule to do it, like. I've done that when I was working. Um. 
But no, there's, some, there's no political in this, in this country. As I said, if a nurse, people, if a nurse person wants to see an incredibly stupid person, just look in the mirror. Why do you That's say that? You can say that. Oh, but I've just said it. I've just said, listen, we've, as it stands, we've sanctioned ourselves into a corner. Right? We've sanctioned ourselves into a corner, saying that we'll defeat Russia. Ireland will defeat Russia by putting all these sanctions on us. We're defeating Ireland. Yeah, it's, um, it's biting us, yeah, biting hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is, you see. I mean, they're saying the only the only recourse we had rather than going in and bombing Russia was economic sanctions. So, you know, the economic <laughs> sanctions then, of course, we found out many of the things that we need come from Eastern Europe and Russia, you see. China. <laughs> what are you laughing at? No, the, the, the thought of us going in and bombing Russia uh, when, 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 the, when the likes of the USA... Are afraid to uh, afraid to take them on who have who have who have the might and the power to do it. They're afraid to take them on and say they'll just slide in weapons to Ukraine. They won't come do over you, and take a stand. All right, well, do you, what is it then that people are stupid because they're just if they're happy and comfortable they just say oh doesn't concern me uh, I don't uh, care. Apathetic. Apathetic yes. is the word. Yes. Okay. 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 Apathetic. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. But but that, that that will change. That will change. When when this when this recession bites in so deep that it will actually push people over the edge. It's doing it at the minute. It's doing it at the minute. Yeah. But when they won't be able to pay their the rent or they won't be able to afford their mortgage or they won't be able to put food on the table and penny dinners will be saying, I'm terribly sorry, we're full. That's the kind of thing will make a difference. And that's coming down the line. You know it's coming down the line. We can see it. We've seen it before. We've seen it when the same, when the same combination, practically, when the same combination of Finnafall and the Greens ruined this country, drove it into the ground, destroyed it, and put us in a position where our grandchildren will be paying, paying off a debt. Yeah, no, never in a boat. Okay, can I ask you a question just on the Greens there? Because I've been thinking about this um, all morning. Um, Eamon Ryan now has just put in an order for 120 double-decker battery electric yeah, buses, right? But he says that, yeah. and, and this is the quote, there's 120 buses on order from Wright Bus with a view to up it to 800 electric buses, double-decker buses. They've set aside a budget of 81 million euro. Um, that's the contract they've signed with the firm to build these electric buses, perhaps upwards of 800 of them. Um, at a time of such want and need, that's not something anybody should be saying is a great idea, surely. To spend 81 million on, uh, at a time, uh, under a contract for 81 million at a time when the country is on its knees, is it? Correct. No, I don't think that's the proper way to go. But you see... Ryan, Ryan, Ryan is in a very good position because obviously he knows. I mean, the man, the man is incredibly stupid. He's more stupid than most Irish people. He's incredibly stupid. But having said that, they need him. They know without him. They can't sit. They can't throw it. So is that the price that they pay then to stay in government? Well, to say, oh, it's a f- isn't it exciting right? news we're spending 81 million on double-decker buses so that uh, we're doing our, our bit to cut down fuel, fossil fuels and climate change. 
when yeah. people are actually wondering where the next meal is going to come, come from or how to pay the mortgage. Exactly. And, and, and another thing, of well, course. Then we, must be, then we must be stupid. You must be right then. We're of stupid. Of course we're stupid. All right. Of course we're stupid. Okay. Then you also have it. You also have Don't cut your own tough. Don't dare cut that tough. We will send you to prison if you cut that tough. But we'll bring them tough from another country that you can buy. <laughs> you know? I do. All right, Tom. Does, does okay. that make sense? No, it doesn't. Thank All right. you. Thanks a lot. Text 0868104106. Lots of texts on Michelle in her car. Typical example of uh, how somebody can fall through the cracks in our city and our country. And I'll pick up on those and calls after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Okay, lots and lots of texts coming in. Text 0868 So, thank you. Hold on a second there, Liam. You did some great research. I'll come to you in a minute. Uh, just from my conversation early on with Michelle, who's been living in her car and very, very openly uh, shared her life story uh, and the situation she finds herself in because people need to know. Uh, I won't comment on any of these, but these, here's the selection of texts. I'm crying here at work listening to that lady. It's time we looked after our own now. We are great to send stuff to other countries. Now it's time to look after our own. I understand why she keeps going on her own. The poor lady, let me know if I can help in any way. Morning, health and housing plus fuel hikes are making things impossible and a recession looks imminent as interest rates will rise. In health, Simon Donnelly is invisible and doing little or nothing to help things. And as we educate people in this area, we need to keep them for two years to help our health situation. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have messed up big time in the main sector. So that's more to do with health. Uh, you know, we educate an awful lot of doctors and nurses just to allow them to go overseas. I'm crying here at work listening to that lady. It's time we looked after her own uh, and all of the other things happening. You have to ask, for God's sake, what's happening to our little country? Our government is thinking of buying a new luxury jet. Yeah, and spending tens and tens of millions on electric buses. I've just listened to the lady at the moment. I'm sure she'll get more offers, but I'd like to offer her to stay here while we're on holidays for 10 days if she doesn't get anything. Listening to Michelle, it's just awful. I can't bear to think what it must be like. She should go and park up outside Michal Martin's house. She would be okay there with all of the Garda cars. It's a total disgrace. What happened to her home? Didn't hear that, says Marie from Clon. Um, uh, well, um, you can go and listen to the whole story again if you wish. It'll be up on the podcast. Listening, it's heartbreaking to Michelle. Our politicians should hang their heads in shame to even to have one person in this scenario. Uh, we need to look after our own, says Linda. I, I'm in Dublin at least two to three days a week on business. I can't afford the 200 plus a night for a hotel, so I sleep in my van. I usually head for the large garages close to the motorway that have truck stops. With these, you can use the shower and toilet facilities and the truck stops tend to be safer by the side of the road. That's my experience as Pat. Can you imagine that? Uh, working away from Cork but can't afford the ridiculous hotel prices, sleeps in his van. Uh, this lady is welcome to stay at our house in Bandon, says Norma. City Council need to do a lot more for people. I'm also homeless after a fire officer closed my apartment for safety and there's nothing doing. Uh, the system they don't have works, um, uh, doesn't work for people and won't work for her. Uh, I hope there's Cork politicians listening to that poor lady. My heart is broken for her. I don't have much to offer, but if she'd like to meet me for a meal and a chat, just a bit of company, I'd be happy to meet her, says Claire. Um, morning, my heart goes out to the lady on air, but all that Neil suggested, um, she put off. Her loneliness is heartbreaking. Maybe somebody should chat with her about house sharing and that she could help out in a house as part of her upkeep. I wish that lady all the best, but she may, but she will maybe have to swallow pride and take all the help. Well, I'm quite sure that she's very happy to take help, but I think one would need to uh, put a little caveat of warning about moving into a home with somebody you don't know, 
you know, you want to do that slowly and carefully. I think that's probably a reasonable thing for her to say. And my heart goes out to the lady. I can't unfortunately offer her a house or a room, but if she likes, give her a dinner and a drop, uh, drop it to her hot if she finds it might be of use to her. So there's another person here. Um, living in a small village just outside McCroom, if that lady who is homeless is looking for someone to stay for as long as she needs it, She's more than welcome to stay with me and my two boys. Please feel free to pass on my number. And literally, that's just a couple of pages. There are reams more, and I'll come back to them in a few minutes' time. But I ran out of time yesterday, so I got a lot of different balls in the air at the moment. I was giving an idea of, um, you know, things weren't bad. They got a hell of a lot worse with regards to rental prices. You know, I heard the story, you'd be better off flying in an airplane, staying in a hotel, and buying Bruce Springsteen tickets in Rome rather than just going to Dublin for the gig. Well, Liam did a bit of a deep dive into rental prices and compared here and the rest of the world. Liam, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Fair play to you. So, you took the time to put in the research. I just kind of mentioned it in passing yesterday. <laughs> what did you find? You took, uh, what did you, how did you do the research? You well, took the same week in well, July, is it? Yeah, basically, myself and my wife were in Farrow for, for 10 days and we hired a car. And then when we came back, we heard this controversy about the price of hiring a car in Ireland. So I took 10, 10 or 14 places that I'd like to visit. Everything from Warsaw to La Rochelle to Luxembourg. And I put in the same, I used the same search engine and put in the same, I opted for the cheapest car in each location. Okay, so fair to and all. Same hire, search engine, same car type, yeah. Same car type. Yeah. And it goes from Warsaw for seven days in early July at 160 euro for the seven days to Dublin and Cork for 1,003. And everything in between. And if you take an average of the 14 euro countries that I included, you come up with an average of 306 euros and 75 cents. That's when you did an average of Warsaw, Madrid, Frankfurt, Faro, Riga, Athens, Malta, Luxembourg, Gibraltar, La Rochelle, Paris, Oslo, Gatwick, Belfast, Dublin, Cork. The average is 300 I didn't put in Dublin and Cork in that average. Well, you didn't. I just left them out. Yeah, yeah. Just the, just the Euro countries alone. So all of those would be 376 when you average them, but as low in many as 160 and 200 euro a week. Yep. And not only that, then I thought it might be a little bit unfair, so I included Paris, which is an expensive city. And you can hire an electric Fiat 500 in Paris for 454 euros. An electric Fiat 500. Um, that's now, for seven that days. Re- that car retails in France at about 30,000 euro. If you were to hire a car of that value in Dublin, you would be paying 1,500 euro for the seven days. So obviously there's a huge difference between the business model being used by Irish car renters and their European competitors. And for a city as expensive as Paris, we're three times dearer than them. Yeah. And if you take another expensive place, which is Luxembourg, because they can afford to be expensive, €316 for a Citroën. So your research then led you to believe that if somebody were coming here, or would it be an Irish person having an, uh, an Irish driving holiday, is it? Be better off hiring well, in Belfast. Basically, my brother-in-law lives in France, in Frankfurt, and he's thinking of coming over. Usually they fly to Ireland, hire a car, and drive down here to West Cork to us. So my advice to him would be, his wife is German, if he's coming again, fly into Belfast, hire a car there, make part of your holiday coming down here, and part going back. And you go away with 500 euro more than you came. 
And have you any insight as to why um, in the research that you did, the average European price is 376 and the Cork price is 1,003? Well, have you noticed recently when you've gone shopping for anything? Now, I am desperate for looking for a bargain and asking for something off the price. Where? Everywhere you go. In the last couple of years, I get the standard answer, oh, we'd love to, but the price is locked in the computer. You can no longer deal with things or negotiate. But where would you be looking for uh, something knocked off the price? Everywhere? Anywhere I go, I mean, even when I renew my car insurance and it comes up at €414.96, I'll ask them to take off the 14.96. And do they? <clears throat> In some cases, they do. I have In to say, cases, it's, I have, have to say, yeah, every time that I, I renew through brokers, McCarthy's on the mall, and I'll always ask, and they always will drop it a little bit. Always. Yes, because they have discretion. But if you deal with a major company, okay. they won't. Okay, okay. But you, you wouldn't and go in buying a pair of trousers thing. looking for a cut on it, would you? I would, yeah. Would you? <laughs> it's just kind of, but come on, I'm Irish, you know. I just nat- I naturally ask these things, you know. So if you went I into... Mean, if, I, if I go out of the store with a euro less than I need, or more than I need to spend, I'm quite happy. I can, I can understand that if you were buying lumber or timber or tiling to do the patio or, I don't know, but like if you were going into buy a garden furniture, say, into Hanley's or something, would you ask him to knock something off that? Oh, definitely. And some, if anything is more than, say, €100, Euro, there has to be leniency for a, a discount of some kind. And would they, by and large, say, oh, OK, give you 10%. In a lot of cases, they will. They won't say what percentage they'll give you, but, I mean, if you ask them to knock off the odd money from that, you'll quite often get it. If it was 119, would you... You'd look for for 100, would you? Yeah. But that's probably their profit. But the worst worst thing they can say, Neil, is no. That's true, too. They can just say no, yeah. The choice is theirs, you know what I mean? If they don't want to give me anything off the product I want to buy, that's their... But I, well, I hang a second, just one more question. I don't mean to be overly annoying it, but if you were in the in in Duns or Tesco or, and you went through, you know, the customer checkout, would you ask them behind the counter at no, the table? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work in supermarkets. I've tried. <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried. Would you ask? In a, would you ask in a pub for the price if the pint was three? If the pint was four nineteen. Oh, don't don't go there now. I mean, the the the, the point is okay. back for that has its own price and it will remain. Okay. And if you want it, you pay it. You know, okay. don't Sacrosanct. upset the bar. And you might need him to call you a taxi. We do it with taxi drivers, do you? <laughs> um, well, they're 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 gone gone over to a cashless society as well. That's right. I suppose you're the right go one, though. To, go back to the car hire. I know. Okay, just on that you point anyway. If you don't a ask, car yes. anywhere for cash. You can't do anything for cash anymore, man. You no. can't. Even, so you, where is the the um, the, the legal, legality of our currency gone? It has gone to plastic and paper. I saw a text on that this morning, actually, from somebody who tried to uh, book an appointment in the GP in the GP the doctor surgery. It says, "Here's a new one for you. Doctor surgeries won't see you anymore if you try and pay by cash." I had sixty euro with me, and no way would she take it nor give yeah. me an appointment. She said, "Card only." Yeah. Nobody wants cash. And you see, when we, when we get to that stage, and we go back to the car hire thing, why are Cork and Dublin exactly the same price? One is the major inlet or outlet of the country. Cork is a big regional airport with European access. 
There's why, no competition in the market yeah, anymore. Yeah, but why is it that all across Europe, who are also feeling the pinch with regards to all of the same economic pressure as us here, why do we put up with prices that are such, so much more than the ones that you mentioned, which is right across Eastern Europe, Western Europe, all the way down to Athens and Warsaw? Why, why do we put up with it? For the same reason that, say, with, with our oil companies, com- competition has gone no completely. And it's basically, if you can get it, well, I can get a little bit more, you know? <laughs> is, it that we, is it that there are wages are higher than the likes of... Like Madrid, for instance, a big international city. 204 international. euro for a car rental on your research. 204 euro for the week. Cork, yeah. 1,003. What's going on? It's five times. Five times. Yeah, well, you see, what, what annoys me most about this, if you're just uh, an ordinary Joe Soap and you're living in Italy, France, Belgium, anywhere, and you're thinking of coming to Ireland for a holiday, and you want to drive around this little island because it's a beautiful place, and then you look at Dublin Airport or Cork and you think it's going to cost me a thousand euro, you have a fair idea what the cost in your own country is. So my suggestion to my brother-in-law in Germany is to fly into Belfast. Okay, okay. The Good worst work. part of that is that you then fly them into Belfast, they'd probably go to see the Joins Causeway and the Titanic experience before they head south. And basically there's, there's another island or Ireland west of the Shannon. And a lot of money was spent on the Wild Atlantic Way recently. Mm. And basically if you want to see the Wild Atlantic Way, you have a number of options. You can be hard, if you're hardy enough to walk it and you have the time, well and good. If you're fit enough, you can cycle it. There is no public transport to bring you around the the Wild Atlantic Way. You have to hire a car. Now, how about all these people who have invested money in B&Bs and little restaurants and cafes all along that beautiful stretch of coast if they're not going to get higher drive cars coming in? But you're not going to get Irish people doing uh, driving holidays this summer. They went off their head with the cost of No, but of fuel. we need foreign money coming yeah. in, Neil. This yep. country badly needs it, and the west of Ireland badly needs ah, it. Ah, but there's a lot of tourists. The, the place is awash with the Yanks again. They're all back, for instance, loads of them. They I mean, are, but there was a, a post on Facebook last night from a Yank who comes here a couple of times a year wondering if he can buy a car and leave it somewhere and insure it because to be cheaper than hiring. Well, you've done the research and you've showed us that what he's saying is actually true. You certainly would buy a bit of a jalopy for a grand or 1500 wouldn't you? Yeah, but, but would you insure it? All right, okay. Yeah. Off, off you go now and do insurance quotes between us and the rest of Europe, will you? No, I think that, that that's enough for the moment. We leave it at that. But right. just on a point with your previous caller about the 800 electric buses, point to think about. Do we have the generating capacity to charge all of those at night when they're off the road. Who knows, boy? Who knows if they even think ahead like that? I have we no idea. We might all have to turn the candles in the middle of the night so the buses can be charged. Cheers, my man. Take care for now. Much obliged. Good work, though. Appreciate okay. it, Liam. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Interesting post. I imagine this is up on uh, Facebook. It's called The Irish Around Sydney. And he says, a uh, chap by the name of Niall says, Well, folks, hopefully this post helps anyone that may be returning back to Ireland needing a car to hire. The current prices and quotes at Dublin Airport are disgracefully sickening. Couldn't expect anything less from them. Uh, companies, though, have just hired a brand new Kia Seed estate from a motor company in Newry, Northern Ireland. 300 euro, full comp for a week. 
and added a name driver. 300 euro. Um, no credit card needed, 150 cash deposit, and you return and you pay the balance on return. It's a far cry from the minimum 2,600 euro quote for a little pocket car for the same time in the Republic. So 300 north of the border, 2,600 south of the border. Um, yeah, I don't understand that. He says they have agreed to service those coming home with a pick-up and drop-off service at the Clayton Hotel Dublin Airport uh, all the way north to rent the car. Is that what he's saying? Yeah? So, oh, so you rent it off them and they'll bring the car to Dublin Airport for you. That's clever thinking. So they're actually, they know that people will rent with them because of the huge price difference. So they will bring the car from Newry to Dublin Airport. It's astonishing. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Pat, good morning. Pat, can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Okay, just picking up on the cost of things. Go ahead. Interesting point. Yeah, um, it, it just, it, it's mind-blowing as, as to why anyone hasn't suggested, right, that all the working vehicles, as in buses, trucks, taxis, why they didn't, why they didn't, let them run on green agricultural diesel at 155 a litre, including government green tax, I call it, right? And let them have their, their, their tax out of, out of, out of the, the 155 and keep this in place until things calm down and then put, put, um, put a limit on it then of two weeks from the date that they, that they close it down, stop using green. And if you're caught after that, that's your tough. But big fine, big fine. But yeah, but a couple of points there, right? Yeah. What about people then who'd be paying two one fifty for green diesel, and others paying two twenty nine or whatever for unleaded? That's the choice they made. <laughs> You'd have a revolution, wouldn't you? You probably would like. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm only trying to get the the, the, the working economy back on track oh yeah okay so are you, green diesel you, that, that that doesn't apply to trucks and vans but you're saying it should is it it, it should yes absolutely because it, 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 the only difference between green and white diesel is the dye inside it that's right that diesel, what, that diesel was white before they put green into it it's t- right? nothing to and do it, with emissions sure it's not absolutely nothing absolutely nothing and don't let anyone fool you like the only difference between it is the price and at 155 a litre, it gives everyone a break, the working economy, it gives them a break to get back on their feet and bring things around until this thing is straightened out. We're not looking, at, looking for it forever. We just want it until this thing mellows out a small bit. But 48% of the cost of a litre of both of them goes to the government in tax and excise. Could they not yes. say, okay, we will just forego all of that for a while? No? I mean, being well, naive? I mean... That, that, that'd be the sensible thing to do, like, but, you know. Okay, okay, let everybody... Like, and, and, uh, okay. You, you asked you ask a while ago, why, why is everything so dear here, and why, why, why are they getting away with it all? We're, they're very intelligent people, and we're the clowns. We're, we're, we're the fools. Because we, we lie down and take it every single time. But is anybody standing up in the doll at the moment and saying, right. what in the name of God are you doing, suggesting you're going to spend right. 81 million euro on electric buses in Northern Ireland when people can't pay the bills in their home or have to choose yeah. between whether they eat or their children eat. Why isn't anybody saying that? Uh, it's, 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 Neil, I'm sorry, Neil, but it's a circus. It's a circus, like, and, and, like, 
I can't for the life of me understand why the people of Ireland, the fighting Irish, don't stand up to these clowns and stop this. You know, I I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm I'm I'm. I mean, I'm running a business myself, and my my diesel bill was 150 a day. It's gone up to 400 a day. 150 to 400. Yeah, every day. Okay, and can I ask you, have you had to pass on price increases? I had, I, I, I can now, but I couldn't then because we've had work that were priced back six months ago. Oh, that we're yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're locked in, you're, you know. Yeah, do you so, think that everyone no, that's passed, do you think that everyone that's passing on price increases are genuine? I think they are very, uh, yeah, at this day and age, yeah. But an awful lot of customers are very understanding as well, you know. Yeah. Like they know, they, they, they know what's going on. They're like, people are not stupid. They're not as stupid as the government make them out to be. But like, why, why, why we can't stop this this charade that's going on inside in that government house? It's just beyond me. Like. Okay, quick call. Decided eleven. Thanks, Pat. Drive safely. Thank you. He was hands free while driving. Fair play. Jim's got four businesses down east, down around y'all. He says there is price gouging going on. Jim, good morning. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, over the you know past two years, we've had no price increases whatsoever. Okay, what are your businesses where you haven't had to put prices up? So I have um, Puff and Stuff, which sells smoking paraphernalia. I have a parrot and bird supply that sells parrot toys and bird food. Um, I have a CBD shop, and then I have a business in the United States as well. Same kind of businesses in the States? Yeah. And yep. have your costs gone up at all? Like your shipping costs, your freight costs, or anything like that? Your your the light your co- light and heating would have gone up. I know that for sure. Well, the light, yeah, anything associated to Irish, yes, has gone up. Um, as far as shipping rates, their shipping rates are the same. The only thing that has slightly gone up is what they call the fuel surcharge, which has gone up about two to three percent, but nothing really, you know, enormous um, that, would, that would justify a, a ridiculous increase. Um, about the only thing that I've seen a major increase on was um, paper products. So, like, boxes have had a slight increase, uh, till rolls and stuff like that. But as far as product-wise itself that we have to resell to consumers, we've had no price increases whatsoever. So, what do you make of everything? Like, say, for you look at a supermarket, I could give you dozens and dozens and uh, dozens of well, examples. But, 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 well, here's an example. So, I went to Tesco's yesterday to buy a 20-pack of Coke. It's 16 euros. I can drive to Dungarvan to um, Dun store and buy the same thing for 10 euros. Why is that? So, <laughs> price gouging. I mean, there, there's no other explanation to it. You know, Tesco's is a much larger, larger organization than Dun stores is. So, Tesco's is going to have a much better buying power from Coke. But could it be when so, they bought the stock or when the stock was no. shipped to them? It could be older stock, for no. no, no. But Coke is, all, tip, Coke is typically a loss leader. Right, so where you you know you sell it cheap to try and get people to come in, and then they buy other things. Okay, but what about everything but, um, else? Bread and milk and chicken and fruit and veg and everything else in the supermarket. Coffee and all, tea, sugar, all all gone up. You don't think any of that's genuine? Nope, I do not. Um, like I said, I'm in three different industries, and none of my prices in my industries have increased whatsoever. Would you say the same about petrol and diesel on the forecourse that they're scalping and gouging what? going on there? Most definitely, but you don't have any. But you don't have any proof of it. You just think it. I now there is proof. I mean, all you you know, all you gotta do is is go online and watch people in other countries show the pricing of their what they're paying for petrol, and there's clearly price gouging going on. I mean, look, you know, just what a couple of years ago, the price per um, barrel for fuel was more than it is now, but then at the pumps, it was the same price. It was one twenty, one thirty. That's right. 
But yeah. now all of, now all of a sudden the oil you know the, the price of is twenty to thirty euros less than what it was before, and now we're paying over two euros for a liter of fuel. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, there doesn't seem to be a shortage of fuel, so it's not about supply and demand just yet. There seems that's to be ex- that's exact- plentiful. That, that's exactly right. So a typical, a typical example then would be the car rental. I, I'm, I'm excluding Warsaw for 160 euro for the week because imagine that wages are, are a lot less in Warsaw, but probably not in the middle of Madrid. So you can get a Fiat 500 in Madrid for 204 euro the week. The same car would cost you here 1,003. Is that gouging? Of course it is. I mean, what other explanation is it? I mean, there's, there's no price increases here to justify for a car rental. They've already owned the car, and they probably had the car for several years already, if not just one or two years. So there's been no increase. You know, the insurance has an increase, so no. fuel has, but they're not paying for the fuel. The consumer is. So, I mean, if it's not price gouging, what else is it? Okay. There is nothing else. And, and, and finally then, we certainly know that the hotels in Ireland are taking the mick, aren't they? They really and truly are taking advantage of the current climate, supply and demand. And it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be when there's a, a, a gig on somewhere. They've just put up all of the prices, one and all, because they know that people are stupid enough to pay it. Well, that's the sad part is that people are stupid enough to pay it when it's clearly evident that there is a price gouging uh, epidemic going on right now. I mean, there's no reason for these prices to be what they are. You know, people are going to start, you know, people are suffering now. And as long as these prices continue to drive up the way they are, we're going to continue to suffer more. I mean, this is just an ongoing, uh, an ongoing negative cycle. Okay. Okay. Thank you, my man. Okay. Food for thought. I just uh, sent a photograph there from the Canaries. The Canaries is an island, right? So the only way they can get diesel and petrol to there is is to ship it. It's the same for us, like, but they drive it across Europe and then it's shipped to us. I know, not a white gate, but like, they don't actually refine anything in the Canaries. So it must be a lot more expensive to get it to them. So the price in the Canaries um, at the moment, right? 152 for diesel. 152 for diesel. That's for a Carconian over there at the moment says 152 for diesel. Something very wrong at home. Well, you got that right. But don't worry about it. There's 81 million euro worth of electric double decker buses on the way soon. We'll all be rubbing our hands in glee. Sure, we'll be the pride of Europe. The Europeans will love us and the Yanks. They'll be saying, oh, they're a great bunch over there. The Emerald Isle, Bigara. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show And between now and midday you're listening out for an Elton John song When I play it we've got Elton John tickets to give away for Porky Queeve's gig on July 1st It's the Friday of July 1st I'll be opening those phone lines when you hear an Elton John song between now and midday 0818104106 Also have that wonderful Middleton Farmers hamper to give away It's chock full of goodies It's the biggest hamper of goodies I've ever come across And it's from all of the different suppliers And all of the different um, uh, retailers down at the Middleton Farmers Market And that has more to do actually with, with summer jobs, right? As to Had your summer job? What was it? Did you give any money up at home? How much did you get paid? And God knows there was a lot of them. So text on that, text 0868104106. But just some final, I've never seen so many texts come in so quickly. Uh, it really did pull on the heartstrings, the situation that Michelle finds herself in. Or she shared her story just after nine, living in her car. And that lady is so articulate and would make a great living companion for an older person, perhaps. 
Absolutely, yeah. We'd get her on her feet, give her a base and a bedroom and somewhere to get cleaned up and sorted in her life and she could get herself a job. Many people asking what kind of work is she trained in? Retail. Very good at retail. So sad this is a human being and what's going on in Cork. I have little, but I'm willing to get her 25 litres of diesel or petrol, says Pat. Uh, God, this is a crazy thing. Uh, That girl, if she wishes, can stay in my house uh, for now till settled. This is just crazy. Please give her my number. She'll be safe if nothing else. Um, what, what have we come to? It's madness. Even if this girl just wants to park in my driveway and use my facilities. Thank you for that. I'm going to pass all of these texts on to Michelle. She can make the call herself ultimately. Uh, my name is Sally and it was my dad who rang up and offered the lady a room in the house. I'm only living up the road from him with my two children and I'm in tears listening to this lady. I would love to meet up with this lady and treat her to dinner and a shopping trip. Nobody should be living like this. Please pass on my contact details. Thank you for getting in touch, Sally, because you're right. Your dad did text earlier on offering, Eddie O'Sullivan did text earlier on offering a room in his home. So thank you for backing up your dad. That lovely lady, my heart goes out to her. Is there any GoFundMe page I could pay into even to get her a few nights B&B? Uh, morning, my house will be empty in Carrigaline. If you feel this lady is genuine, please get in touch with me tomorrow. We'd love to offer her our place um, from the 27th of June to the 11th of July. Well, all of these, even even the, in short term, stop gaps, they all work. This is just a disgrace. Our own people in a car and thousands of strangers being put up in hotels with medical cars and free medical cards and free phones. The Irish being treated like second-class citizens in their own country. I won't comment. I'll just carry on. If I had a room, I would give it to her. It's so sad. I don't have much. Not working. But I'd like to give her 100 euro. I can meet her and give it to her as I can send it to you or do a bank transfer, says Adele. Michal Martin is opening care of the elderly in St. Mary's on Friday. That lady should go there and seek answers from him. If not food only, catering staff coming in for a day. Ordinary in the house. No, sir, that makes no sense. Uh, My name is Betty. I can give that lady some money to help her. Can I bring it to you? It's heartbreaking in this country that we can't look up for after our own. And just one or two more. Uh, I'm not sure if this is an option for Michelle. That was just on the radio. I'm based in Clonakilty. I can offer a place to stay. Fully insulated log cabin next to my house where she can use all the facilities she wishes. I also have a paid job that I can offer her. I missed the start of the interview, so not sure what type of work she's looking for at retail, but I'm happy to train her up. Travel might be an issue. Maybe a bus pass or something could be sorted for her or could carpool from the clan to the city if she didn't want to stay here overnight, says Emma. That's a very kind gesture, a fully insulated log cabin and a job. I'm absolutely raging listening to the radio about this woman uh, has to make her story public to try and get help. The government and agencies have a lot to answer for. How can this happen? Makes me so mad as there are people out there who refuse to work and claim every benefit they can while this woman wants to work and can't. People scam the system all of the time and there's no one to cop onto it. Two or three more. Even penny dinners I've heard of people who don't really need it but claim hampers because they can. When will this end? The real people need to get help. No, that, that wouldn't be penny dinners. That would more to, that more to do with the Vincent de Paul, where people claim from Vincent de Paul and they're not always genuine. No offence to them, as they may not know this is happening. It's not their fault, because our, the likes of penny dinners are indeed St. Vincent de Paul. They take people at face value. And finally, my name is Trevor. I was listening to a conversation with Michelle find it heartbreaking that our country can't look after its own. I'm currently look, uh, lucky enough to be living in my mother's house with my wife and kids while we save for a mortgage. I can't offer any long-term solution, but I 
gladly pay for a few nights in a hotel or B&B or even donate money for a few hot meals if that would help the lady in need. Well, it's important to read out those texts because it's another example, loads of examples um, I've found in my life of Cork people being so, so generous and caring. Sadly, of course, those that run the country on our behalf, we can't say the same thing about them. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Red FM. Okay, so still to come between now and midday, of course, Selton John tickets at Parky Cueve and a chat with Garth Brooks in about 10 minutes' time and a couple of Garth Brooks songs as well. 2,000 extra tickets go on sale this Thursday. Uh, Thursday morning uh, they released a couple of thousand tickets if you didn't manage to get them first time around five gigs so uh, 2,000 tickets you want to be fast off the mark so we'll be chatting with them a little later on but we have this wonderful hamper so text 0868104106 summer jobs when you had the summer job what was it and if it's going back along it could have been potato picking or strawberry picking or you might have worked in a shop or a deli as a shop assistant behind the counter you might have been collecting glasses in a pub or a restaurant or whatever the case may be waitressing waiter work newspaper paper round. A lot of people worked doing, selling, you know, delivering newspapers. Others did a milk round. People got jobs in the fun fair and the Marys and things like that. One of the big ones back in the day was gardening and cutting grass. There was handy money to be made in that. Babysitting. Big money in babysitting. Probably more money now on it than there ever was before. Uh, working in fast food settings, stuff like that. So the best, the best summer job story. And the question I've been asking is, did you hand up any of the money at home? Did you give a portion of it to your mammy? or your mammy and your daddy, or they take it from you. Is it the right thing to do? You should divvy up at home. Text 0868104106. And the best call, text or email between now and midday wins the Middleton Farmer's Market hamper of goodies. Just a few calls on that for now. Um, Grace, you did the strawberry picking, did you? I did, I did, years ago now. A long, long time ago I did it. When and what I was, was the money like? Um, I think from memory we used to get about five shillings for a tray upon it. That's going so back a long time. What's that what's yeah. that in money now? Is it about thirty cents, is it? <laughs> oh less, I'd say. Less. Five shillings upon it. No, no, five shillings for a tray. There could be about twenty punnets oh. on the tray. <laughs> and how long would it have taken to pick a tray of them? Um, oh, it depends how many yet in the meantime. You'd <laughs> pick one problem? and you'd eat one. <laughs> That's the way we worked. We used to eat one, pick one, eat one, pick one. And what did you, you know, did you give up any money at home then? No, no, we didn't have to give up money at home, sure. Um, it was really only pocket money at the time. Um, there were seven of us and three Myself, my brother and my older sister used to go. The three older ones used to go. And sure, it got us out of my mother's hair for the day and we were getting a few bob as well into Shock the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. What, and what, what other kind of summer jobs did you, did you do besides the strawberry picking as you got a bit I, older? As I got older, I did babysitting. Did an awful lot of babysitting because we were the oldest um children on the road so there was an awful lot of younger children so I did an awful lot of babysitting and Friday, Saturday and Sunday nights I'd be booked out, three and four different people asking for us um, to babysit How old were you? I was about 16 at the time Okay, that's kind of old enough, I was thinking if you were about 12 or 13 you'd be wondering whether it would have been safe No, no, 16, 17 but there would have been houses within view and distance of where we lived and I used to get 40 pence a night. 40 pence? 
<laughs> what could you buy for yeah. 40p? For 40 pence, I'm going back now 45 years. Yeah? So what could you have bought as a 16-year-old with 40p? Oh, you got into the disco, the local discos that are around in Glasnevin and Rohini and St. Anne's. Um, you go into town buy ice cream in Rocha stores. You wouldn't remember that probably either. Oh, stores. I do remember Rocha stores. Excuse yeah, me. They had, a, they had an ice cream an ice cream parlour in Rocha stores. You'd go up there. And then there was Woolworths on Henry Street. And you'd oh, go in you're talking about Woolworths Dublin. Oh, we had a Woolworths and Rocha stores down here as well. Oh, right, Jen. Cork City. Yeah, yeah no, so, in Dublin. Okay, so for the 40p, how many hours would you have been babysitting? Um, probably from about 8 till about 12. Four hours, maybe. So you got 10 pence an hour? Yeah, 10 pence an hour. How much do you think somebody would charge babysitting now, eight to midnight? Now, now the going rate, I think, for probably about four hours, they get about 50 euro, 50 or 60 euro. Okay, so there's it's a big difference there. Like that's, a, yeah. that's 60 euros, a lot of ice cream. <laughs> but a 16 and 70 year old nowadays worth an interest in ice cream and sweets. <laughs> <laughs> then you find the top up for the phone and their nails and their hair and their tans fair play to you alright nice one love it thanks so much stay listening Keith good day how's it going buddy? Uh, yeah, you were the lawnmower out as a young fellow was it cutting grass is it no I, well, I used to do that as well Neil, but then I used to go scaffolding when I was about 12 scaffolding uh, scaffolding yeah when I was about 12 I used to be in service and the things in there uh, in Donovan, yeah. You mean you were putting the, together? You were putting together scaffolding at the age of twelve. No, I mean no. The fittings that goes on them, I'd be loosening all the nuts and bolts. So you were working in I construction know. as twelve. I was. I, I, I was. As a matter of fact, I remember the, the boss man said to me one day, "I, I you know, old wheelbarrow, you know." <laughs> and he says to me one day, "I said, John, I said that, that old wheelbarrow." He said. Just going squeak, 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 <laughs> and he says, "I want to hear tick, 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 tick." I want to hear a faster squeak. You go alone in your bed, right? And then a couple of years afterwards, I had to back walking for him, and I was creating. I had my own care, and I remember the brother was late, and I went in. I told John, I had a problem. John D, that I had a problem with the. Uh, but he asked, and nobody told me. He said, "Go away, take exhaust with you in town now, Keith. I get a car to fit it. <laughs> get a car he, to fit it. Get a car to fit the exhaust. <laughs> you know, it was my own car. Was a heap of shit. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you. And did you give any money up to your mammy then when you had jobs as a twelve and fourteen year old? Oh, I did. I did. It was handed straight up, and whatever she wanted to give it back. She gave back to you. Because now apparently the summer, the summer job money must not be touched by the mammies and daddies, I'm told. No, and then when the summer job is gone, they'll be onto the mammy and daddies again for money. <laughs> That's true. Is that that they're going to save it, Neil? <laughs> maybe, the maybe. mammy daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you did get a clout from your mam, I'm told, did you, for something or other? You probably got a few of them oh, as you Jesus, need stop here. Listen to this one. I remember... And the father died nearly about four, four weeks afterwards, you know. I be, he, he was sitting down at the end of my bed. And Are I you? was trying to need, I was trying to not dead serious. And he says to me, Keith, you need to do something now. Oh, he says, and tell them all, your big family's 11 of us, tell them all 
to drive on and get on with their lives, right? You're too how old were you? How then, old were you? This was only about ten years ago, Neil. Okay. Yeah. Right. I went off to the mothers anyway, and I said, "Ma'am, I hate telling you know." I said, "Oops." I said, "The fair though." I was trying to the fair the last day. <laughs> well, Neil, if I did, what should we be called to me? He says it has to be you. He's favourite, right? I tell him, Neil. Two weeks after he came back again, I told him, "Dinny." Get out of the room, no, I said, because I didn't kill two of the mother. And he came back again, and I couldn't tell the mother anymore. What the mother, he... did he come back anymore? No, man, no, I've been seeing with eyes. So when you asked him not to come back anymore, he didn't come back anymore. He didn't, he didn't, he drove on. You sure drove, it wasn't I... a dream, though? Neil, I'm telling you, I was chatting to him. <laughs> I was chatting to him, and I talked with you. I, as a matter of fact, it was so real, I was going to open a can of beer for him. <laughs> Why didn't you just tell him to keep reappearing to you and just not yeah, tell your mother? No, he was a heavy man, but he wrecked me bed. He's sitting down the end of the bed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true, and I couldn't tell the mother that he called me anymore. <laughs> I was getting killed off. Oh, if we don't deserve a handbook for that. <laughs> good luck, we'll see what happens. Take care. Caroline, good morning. Hi, Neil. This job you had, did you give your mammy any money? Uh, not when I was part-time, but like for the summer then when I was full-time, yeah, I Okay, did. so you got a, let's say you got a full-time job on the 1st of June and you kept that full-time job as a 15-year-old until, say, the end of August, start of September. Did you give her money then? I did, yeah. How yeah, much? But in fairness, like, she, I honestly, I can't remember, but she always gave it back to me then, like obviously when I was looking for something she'd go well this is actually the money that you gave me so like fair is fair and what what she work did you do across good. the summer what was it oh wrapping cutlery for nearly seven hours a day so like we'd they'd be washed cutlery would be washed then we'd go upstairs we'd shine it where is it in it. a hotel a restaurant it, it was in a really really busy hotel that had queues going out like oh my god like the queues were crazy of a Saturday and a Sunday they were mental like all day long just sitting down wrapping cutlery send it downstairs and then like if it came to a point going jeez I can't can't like look at all the cutlery that we have to wrap they were renovating <laughs> what a boring job oh my god it was the worst but like there could be two or three of us at it now come like a, a Saturday and a Sunday like I used to go in on a Friday evening sometimes as well but then like if we were looking at the amount that we had to wrap they were renovating at the time and like there was holes in the walls and oh, like half the cutlery sake. would go down the holes in the wall. Was it, were you wrapping <laughs> the cutler like a knife and fork and spoon in a napkin, is it? In a napkin. So shining it first and then wrapping it. Seven hours at a time. Why didn't yeah, you get a better job? Because it was literally down the road from us and in fairness I can't because I went into the kitchen then after that and that's when I decided, yeah, okay, so chefing for me and oh. in fairness they trained me up and I stayed there and that's what I actually I'm a qualified chef as well. Well that's how it all started then, rap and cutlery. How, well rap and cutlery, that's how my yeah, my career started. That's amazing. But I always remember my head chef looking down at me I was in the fridge one of the days and he was like look I know you want to do it but please don't go into it it's just such a crap life uh, late hours and 
you know, your social life is, you know, you, you don't really have much because it's all late nights and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> he was fairly you know, open-minded, or he was he fairly, was. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, inviting into his profession, wasn't he? Not? He was, but I went into it and he helped me along the way. So, like, look, he knew what the work was like. He was the head chef. He had a young kid at the time. And he was you saying know, you very never... little of that time was spent with Yeah, he was just like, warning you, tipping you off. Was he right? Uh, he was right, but now I'm not chefing any more, but I loved every second of it. Like, I wouldn't go into it now. I have two kids myself now. But, you know, with the hours and that, like, it's it's not a life. Like, yeah. Unless just, you get a handy number nine to five. Like. Yeah. So what do you do now? Um, well, I'm actually not working at present, but I went into butchering in after <laughs> that. And I got qualified in that as well. Uh, just at the moment, I'm just not working because of different reasons. All right, okay. Well, hopefully you'll be back to the butchering soon enough. Do you prefer the butchering to wrapping the cutlery? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and does the hotel know that an awful lot of their knives and forks were, were no. thrown behind a hole in the wall by the likes of you? No, and that's why there was no names given out okay. of the hotel. <laughs> All right, take care, Caroline. Cheers. Take care. Text 0868 We've got a wonderful hamper to give away, courtesy of ourselves in the Middleton Farmer's Market. It is chock full of goodies. It really is cakes and cheese and pate and smoked salmon and smoked Irish mackerel and country butter and brownies and coffee and sourdough loaves and apple juice and goat's cheese and pizza sauce and wonderful uh, bakery treats so text your summer jobs just two or three more I had a summer job picking tomatoes and carry pike the smell was stomach churning we were paid pittance 50 pence an hour it was horrendous also very hot days do you remember them the hot summers you'd be melting used to have tomato fights when the boss was out you come home with broken tomato seeds all in your hair and clothes I never have eaten a tomato since <laughs> I had a summer job in the Mercy Hospital for three summers during my school holidays and the money was great. It was good training for kids to give money at home. I was delighted to be able to give my dear mother money towards my braces because they cost her a fortune. I simply didn't need all the money at the time. Keep those texts coming. You've got about uh, half an hour, maybe a little bit less. Text 0868104106. After the break, in conversation with Garth Brooks. Hi, Garth. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Are you well? How are you? Well, I've been... I'm doing good, man. How about you and your family? Very good. I've been anticipating this conversation all weekend, and therefore I've been singing Garth Brooks songs. So much so that I've convinced myself that I'm as good as you. How weird is that? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Everything going well? Good. I mean, you're the one with 157 million albums. All I've got is a photo album, so congratulations on that. (laughs) And 25 number <laughs> one you, singles. Fun. Uh, the, we feel very lucky. Uh, stadium Tour is, is uh, running at full speed now that the pandemic is officially an endemic for us. So we're actually out there and the rhythm of staying out there is starting to happen. So this thing will be running on all cylinders by the time we get to Ireland. It's going to be incredible that you've chosen Ireland to wrap up the big stadium tours. What's the deal with your relationship with the Irish? It's phenomenal, isn't it? I don't know. And you talked about it. We chose to, we chose Ireland to wrap it up. I think fate kind of chose it because, you know, we tried to start the comeback tour there. And now with all the, with all the bad stuff and you're like, man, that that's too bad that that happened. Then all of a sudden you realize 
well, there's your plan and then there's God's plan. <laughs> Maybe we were supposed to end it over here. So yeah. we're really, really excited. Were you heartbroken over the cancellation of those gigs or is that water under the bridge now? No, I mean, I, I don't think a heartbreak that that big is ever water under the bridge. And But the crazy thing is, is that a big contributor to why this one is so important to me now? I, it, It's kind of weird because when something you love goes away, yeah. you get a chance to hold it again. It's almost like you love it a thousand times more, and hopefully you were never not grateful, but just the chance to get to play Ireland again is even more important now than ever. And do, you know, do you look back? I mean, there was the break where you stopped to rear your daughters. That was a no-brainer to do that, I'm sure. But going way back to the beginning, wasn't it your dad that said success would be about busting your ass and a little bit of luck? Was he saying it would be about perseverance and luck? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, watch the same kind of stuff we do over here, but the documentary of uh, Michael Jordan or the documentary of Tom Brady, they all say the same thing. It's it's luck plays as much a part of it as talent, and the unexplainable plays a lot. When people go, what is it with you in Ireland? I yeah. go, I wish I could explain it, but I can't. I have no idea. It's not like I fit in over there. Well, you know, we, we know I, the connection. It's, it's pretty easy to pick me out because... You genuinely connect with people. That's the reason why, isn't it? You really and truly do. You're having I as don't much fun talk as like you guys. I, I, <laughs> I don't look like you guys. I don't talk like you guys. But for some reason, you have taken me in. So I can't explain it. I can tell you this, though. I enjoy the hell out of it and <laughs> cannot wait. I hear tell that when the gig's over in Dublin, you're going on a little bit of a holiday in Ireland, uh, little birdie tells me. Is that right? Well, it'll be in between because we're there for two weekends. And, oh, you know, we have the whole okay. week in between the, the weekends off. So me and the Queen, we're going to go around uh, the country and just uh, just enjoy it and uh, just have the time of our lives. She, it's just, uh, we're so excited on all accounts as musicians and as just people of this of this planet. Hello, Samantha, dear, I hope you've been in fine. And it won't be long until I... I know that Trisha said, I think it might have featured in the documentary, that you raised the stock of the whole country music industry single-handed. I mean, that was an incredible achievement, all by one man who went on to become America's biggest-selling solo artist of all time. How does that feel? Well, first of all, that statement was said by a very biased and prejudiced woman <laughs> that I'm sleeping with. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of hard for me to, to, to even comment on. So I feel, I, I just feel, uh, I feel lucky to get to do this, man. And it was Alan Reynolds who produced all those records and, yeah. and picked those songs. So it's fun to get to look down at that set list every night and go, holy cow, when this song is done that they're singing every word to, they're going to love this next one that's that they're right. going to sing every word to. And it's just, it's, it's, I feel very, very lucky to get to sing that set list. Was, that, was the comeback better than the beginning? Because I know you were very worried and reticent about the comeback, that nobody would be listening or want to go to gigs anymore. Is that true? Yeah, man. I mean, just, uh, just get ready. Because if you thought the first 10 years of the career was unbeatable, which I did, the the second 10 years coming out of retirement, you know, it's 2014 and now it's 22. The second 10 years has blown the first one out of the water. I'm, I'm amazed. And it's crazy because I'm in the stadium tour right now, living it every day. 
and you're looking and half of the stadium is younger than the music that they're singing. I know. It's and generational. It's like, what yeah. is happening? Yeah. So we feel we feel very, very lucky. Yeah, it's the next generation following on, picking up and loving the music. And that may not have happened because you had a lot of rejections. I, I, I think you're the kind of guy who got the gig originally because the other guy didn't show up. Wasn't that the story in Nashville at the time? Yeah, his name, God rest his soul, was Ralph Murphy, Canadian artist that Capitol Records was there to see. He wasn't there on time. Man. I was sitting there waiting to go on, and they said, hey, would you go on up in this place? And that's who Capitol Records saw. And the rest is his. I, uh, I feel... Yeah, and I, and I love Ralph, and Ralph and I were friends all the way up to the day he passed away. But I, I am thankful that uh, his timing that day was not the best. Life is not trying, it is merely surviving, you're standing outside the bar. Listen, man, I know you're on the clock and you've got other people to speak to, but at the moment, just finally, we're doing something on the air, and I wanted to ask your advice. Could I have some advice from you, Garth Brooks? On what? <laughs> well, you won't know... <laughs> You won't know till I ask the question, so here it is. I know that oh, you... Oh, okay, course, yeah. yeah. All you, right, here we go. You stopped playing, you stopped touring because you wanted to be there to raise your three daughters. I believe that you didn't pamper those three kids when they were being raised. At the moment, there's a conversation in Cork regarding teenagers who have summer jobs who refuse to hand up a portion of their wages to their mummies and daddies, their mams and dads. What's your advice on that one? Ooh. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We, you know, our, my, my world was very, very different. You did whatever you do just to contribute because money was never anything we had a lot of. So, um, and it didn't cost, I mean, everything has changed so much. So I can't base anything on me as a kid as today. Cause I watch my children, especially I have one of them, even in country music, That's trying right. to make a living at it in here and everything has changed so much. So you just kind of watch and you wish them the best. And you're, thank God, you grew up in the time you grew up. So you didn't take any of your kids' money that they earned in the summer doing jobs and chores, no? Oh, no, but my mom and dad didn't either, and my mom and dad didn't have a cent. Okay, okay. But anytime you could contribute, anytime you could do anything, hell yeah, you do it because you're a family. Okay, so we've heard from Guy Brooks on the air then. The advice to parents is leave your children, have the money they earn in the summer. It's theirs, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> have them work for you then they should be working for free that's, what we always <laughs> that's clever Oklahoma thinking I think isn't it <laughs> okay well listen I know there are new ga- there are new d- uh, tickets being just released some production hold tickets this Thursday they will go like skin off rice <laughs> well I, I gotta tell you man I cannot I cannot thank you enough and the only thing better than playing to whoever we're playing to right now as far as number is what happens after Thursday. The more the merrier. This is going to be a party. Neil, I can't thank you enough for everything. You're so great. You're so great. Garth, thanks for taking the call. I know it's a busy day for you. Safe travels to uh, Ireland and we'll see you in September, my man. All right. I love you, pal. Have a great day. Bye. Sometimes late at night You're thinking of if tomorrow never comes The great Garth Brooks in conversation and a damn likable guy too. He really and truly is. And he plays Croke Park on the 9th 
sorry, the 9th, 10th, 11th, 16th and 17th of September. And there's two weekends and it's, there's time between the two sets of gigs and he's going around Ireland on a bit of a holiday with his wife, Trisha Yearwood, and maybe members of the family. You'd never know. He could be down our neck of the woods uh, come September. But I know that extra tickets go on sale this Thursday at 8am, ticketmaster.ie. They figure, did I, did I read somewhere about 2,000 tickets? Was it something like that? I think I read somewhere. Apparently there were tickets that would have been used for production because they're filming the gigs for HBO and now that they've got all of the sets done and everything, they've got extra 2,000 tickets. So I think it's about about 2,000 tickets on Thursday morning. So it'd be fast off the mark on that one. Text 0868104106 for all of the business. We have tickets to give away this side of quitting time for Elton John, who plays Parky Parky Cueve, I should say, on Friday, July 1st as part of his farewell tour. That could be the last time you get to see him uh, on Lee's side. And God knows he's played a few times, all of them fantastic. So you're listening out for an Elton John song this time between this sometime between now and midday. Final bit of business. I want to do one or two more texts if I can with regards to summer jobs and what have you. But 130 years ago today, the evening echo hit the streets of Cork for the very first time. And I didn't want the opportunity to pass without wishing them happy birthday. John Dolan joins me from the Echo. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Leo. How are you? 130 years ago today, what was yeah. the front page story, I wonder? <laughs> That's been lost in the midst of time, unfortunately, Leo. <laughs> you yeah. don't have it. I mean, was all that lost? Y- yeah, unfortunately. We know that we launched on Tuesday, the 14th of June, 1892, which is 130 years ago today, as you say. But um, yeah, I mean, what would have happened is there would have been just adverse on the front page at the time. It would have been news inside, I imagine. But uh, the, the oldest actual copy we have, Neil, is 1896. Uh, four years later, yeah, when there were adverts on the front page. But we, we can we can hazard a guess at what they were reporting on anyway. The, There's the, the a... Election yeah. imminence and other things, yeah. Yeah, when you talk about election, it would have been British Parliament, I guess. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this would have been the time of Charles Stuart Parnell's party and uh, and his, his scandalous relationship with the married Catherine O'Shea was in the news at the time. So, uh, but I mean, I think at the time as well, Cork were the All Ireland hurling champions, which is a nice uh, portent, we hope. So, yeah, there was other news on as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a gorgeous supplement with the Echo today. It's absolutely glorious. The co- the photographs are just terrific, and they cover the streets of Patrick Street as people go about their business down around the Coal Quay with the horse. And traps the Echo Boys. Must have been a pleasure putting all that together. Uh, it's, been, it's been great, yeah. I mean, there've been lots of people ahead of works on it, Neil. There's been, there's been great contributors from every, from far and wide, you know, uh, have been putting in there, you know, the, giving paying tribute to this great anniversary we have. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a really fab read. We're getting such great feedback about it. Uh, you know, we're looking back at the headlines down the years. You know, some of the great stories, JFK in town. You know, the Queen visiting, and uh, obviously some awful, awful tragedies and wars breaking out. And uh, you know, we, we've been there for every step of the way. It's, it's, it's amazing, really. It's great to any business to last. Years. Without a it's, doubt, it's amazing. Yeah, I yeah, love I love some of the old ads going way back in time. Don't you? They're gorgeous. You know, all the yeah, early ads yeah, for motorbikes and people who first connected with uh, you know transatlantic travel. All of the ads are in there. Even beautiful old ads for Cork Harbour excursions, leaving Custom House Key at a quarter to eight at night for a river cruise. You probably got food. Oh yeah, there was music and dancing and refreshments on board. Wonderful times, weren't they? 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, you say that because the adverts, they really do tell us a lot about ourselves. I, I find it amazing. There were so many adverts for ailments, you know, for remedies for ailments. And I'm pretty sure there was no there was no advertising standard authority around because some of them look very, very quack medicines, you know, for, for all kinds of oddities. But obviously that was a preoccupation for our, you know, for our forebears. Was, drink, you know, drink this bottle of brown of, liquor. It yeah. cures about 150 ailments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, every edition they tell the story about ourselves, about how the people who were here before us and oh all, all of us today. It's, it's incredible stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible. It really and truly is. So 130 years ago, it was the broadsheet and then it went to the tabloid and then it dropped the evening from it and became a morning and a daily. Um, but still, 140,000 editions later and still going from strength to strength. May there be another 140,000 in them. Absolutely, Neil. I, I, I just want to thank as well. I know there's lots of people listening who would have been working for the Echo and Examiner here over the years or had relatives, you know, in the printing presses or in the advertising. Yeah. Or in the and just a huge thanks to all of them as well, because this is about all of the family of, 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 who've been working here over many years. And, you know, I know there's lots of people out there who, who've got relatives or who themselves would have worked here for, for decades. You know, we, we have families who've worked in, the, in this same company for a century. You know, it's incredible, you know, over, over time. So it's, it's just a tribute to all of those people. And long may continuous absolutely well said well take a bow to one and all 130 years ago on this day the first echo happy birthday to all concerned thanks John appreciate it thanks Neil take care what a man what a talent Judson John with Kiki D and don't go breaking my heart and we have tickets all this week for the Parky Creek gig. Well done to you, Martino Reardon from Beach Grove in Carrigaline. Caroline and Isabel will be delighted with you, scooping tickets for them. More tickets tomorrow. The last word to... Um, oh, listen, keep those texts coming with regards to summer jobs. We'll share more of those stories tomorrow. Text 0868104106. Caroline Kinsler from Kildare, who started out wrapping cutlery and hiding lots of it behind the walls of the hotel, went on to become a chef and a butcher and what have you. Your story this morning wins the hamper. Uh, I will... I would have held on and got more on this morning, but I need to shift the hamper because there's fresh bread in it and stuff like that. So well done, Caroline Kinsler. Hamper is yours. You've got to come all the way from Kildare for it, but good luck. But I want to keep those stories coming, summer job stories, tomorrow. And also with the handed up some money to Mammy. So text 0868104106 on that one. Michelle, final word to Michelle, who was on the air with me this morning living in her car. Now, I'm going to get in touch. We're going to get in touch with Michelle when we get off the air here and share all of the texts and offers of help she can just take some time then. And um, I, I want people to know these stories, that this is happening amongst us. Uh, and hopefully all of the different texts of help will make a difference to Michelle. I want people to know, because while those in power aren't listening, the people of Cork always are. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.